Listeners, what's poppin'? I'm your host, Jacqueline Burrell. With me is... Jesse Bowser. And we welcome you to Nerd on the Cob, a nerdy podcast based in the wonderful state of Ohio that updates bi-weekly. Here, we talk about games, movies, shows, anime, and comics, both the paper and web alike. And today, we have a very special guest. Actually, two. We would love to welcome Becky Hyman and Matt Hyman from Pre-Rec Live. Hey, guys. Hello. Hello, Ohioans and nerd coppers. It's about time we got some more Ohioans on this podcast. Yeah, we have to trap. Uh, we have to stop bringing people up from Kentucky, the uh, the lesser of the states. Hey now, <laughs> <laughs> that is that is not fair, and I will not have you down my family like Look, that. Look, there was only one good thing down there, and I already smuggled her back up here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I I disagree. Uh, Lexington is a pretty cool town, and uh, <laughs> Edward Lee's restaurants are fantastic. There we go. Louisville's not too bad either, if you can find your way around and beat the traffic. Oh, Louisville, that's what I meant, not Lexington. Louisville. Oh. Yes, his <laughs> restaurants are in Louisville, <laughs> Milkwood, and uh, uh, there's another one. Something with numbers. Yes, uh, but yeah, Chef Edward Lee and his <laughs> restaurants, they're amazing. Yeah, you see, uh, up here we pronounce it correctly as uh, Louisville. No. Not, uh, whoa, no. Whoa. no, Louisville. Both the big L's in Kentucky are good. Uh, last, time, last time we went to Lexington, we found a nice Thai place. It was really good, yeah. actually. So. Love a good Thai mm. place. I love good anything place. <laughs> <laughs> good food? Yeah. Yes. And that is true. If anyone had to ask me what my favorite food is, I'd probably just say good. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, we've got these very nice people uh, on our podcast, and we have been gone for about a month. Holy crap. It's been a little bit since the last update. Yeah, well, uh, my back's finally getting better. Uh, they snapped it. Well, that actually sounds really bad, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think it sounds awesome. It sounds really <laughs> hardcore. Badass. <laughs> but um, went to my first chiropractor ever. Jesse was with me. It was actually not as bad as I thought it was. Uh, the sound is cringing, but oh my god, the feeling can't beat it. It's a very nice guy. I, I'm happy that you happened to find a very good uh, chiropractor to, uh, you know, hoist you over his head and snap you over his leg. Like, uh... Like Bane? Exactly. Right. He might fall up in this piece. If, if I might say, and this is going to sound weird, but, like, he's definitely not afraid to touch me. And in the past, that's the only thing that's bothered me about doctors. They're always afraid of me. Like, like afraid of, like, touch. I'm like, no, I need you to understand that the pain is here. Like... <laughs> well, I mean, a chiropractor, they got a touch-based area of expertise. It's not like other physicians were, like... They really could get in like lawsuit trouble. Yeah, with that's just true. a slip of the hand. That's yes, true. Yes. No one should be really going to a chiropractor not expecting to be touched. Right. Right. That would be strange. A little bit. Interesting, but strange. <laughs> Reiki chiropractic. <laughs> um, but besides that, we've actually got a couple of fun things. Uh, Jesse, you want to discuss what you finally finished? Oh well, after taking about a year off of playing Horizon Zero Dawn, I finally got back into it and beat it. That game in general is absolutely gorgeous, um, and I don't want to get into the whole like Skyrim like story kind of debate here, but uh, those kind of open world games really interest me. And it was the story and the fact that you're like just looking at the trailers, you're like like a Native American, and you're hunting and fighting robot dinosaurs. Like that had me sold just. Oh, that's that's a great. That that already is more interesting to me than like Skyrim or Fallout, Mm -hmm. just because it's a setting I haven't seen. Oh, the story is awesome. Like no spoilers, but it's it's really intriguing. It is hands down like one of like the most compelling stories I've experienced in a video game in a long time. Oh my! And as long as the as long as the game isn't like. Hey, constantly read and hey, con- like 
everything is laid out for you so where all you really need to do is just walk to a place and press a button i'm fine like i like to discover things i like to like i mean i know that the map icons are not meant to be like followed exactly in something like skyrim i know you're encouraged to go off and do those things but the thing is is when you put a, a blip on my map and say go here I, t I tend to go there and I don't really explore too much because I'm like, well, I mean, I don't want to walk over there and get my ass handed to me. So I'm just going to go to where they tell me. And then when I get there, they just tell me to press A. I'm like, oh, is that all you wanted me to do? Mm. Something I did find really cool about the game, though, is that they do have like, like you can just blow through the game and just do the main story quests right through. But they do reward you in the main quest, depending upon how many like the side quests you do. Because mm -hmm. if you complete like the different like side quest stories, um, it actually you basically like make friends with people and they are like there to help you like in the final battle. OK, so just a little stuff like that. I really yeah. enjoy Like there's a reason to actually like do these side quests besides right. just their side quests. Besides the fact um, I got really into the story because it was one of those games that um, I like to watch him. So like I'd be upstairs and he would stream it. And so I'd be working on stuff while he was streaming it. Right. Um, and right. he was kind enough because he could have completely beat it without me. But he was kind of at the like the final battle be like, I'm not going to play this until you're working on something. Like, OK, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a cool concept. And once again, no spoilers, but like it's got a pretty neat twist. Yeah, yeah, it had me constantly guessing the whole way through. Um, and then like just the way that they kind of like slowly reveal the story to you over time was just awesome. Yeah. That and basically as soon as I beat the game, I immediately went and downloaded the downloadable content they had for it, which right. was it was nice because it wasn't like you see a lot in games where it just seems like the downloadable content was stuff that just should have been in the game anyway. Right. It was something that's like clearly here is adds on to the story. Like we we kind of oh, like yeah. left the story pretty open. This adds a little bit more to the world that you already have experienced. And uh, even better, it gives you even bigger and more robot dinosaurs to fight. Yeah. And, <laughs> Wasn't which it like is good, gigs? which is a good thing. Oh, yeah. No, it was like a it was like an 80 gig like update to yeah. the main game. Jeez. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. It's huge. Um, But I, I will say this, the game, the, the developers were would pretentious be the right word? They knew the game was pretty. <laughs> oh, there's, a... <laughs> there's literally like a selfie mode that you can kind of go into where you can like adjust the lighting in the game and like oh move the camera gosh. around specifically so you can like take in-game screenshots and like they knew like going into it like this is a fucking gorgeous game. People want to take pictures. See, I think Dark Souls is a gorgeous game, but I'm not stopping to take out my selfie stick. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll die. Of course. That's what I love about Dark Dark Souls. Dark Souls is an open world game that's just like, have fun, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> like you walk, you take five steps in Dark Souls and the game just like crushes you beneath its boot heel and like spits on you and calls you a worm and then tells you you love it. <laughs> oh my God. And they're right. And they're absolutely right. Oh, but... So. Sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying, but yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn, I I just like sitting down and play it. So I think it would be something, Becky, you'd, you'd love to just watch. I, awesome. Yeah, that's, that's going to have to be one of our probable purchases when we finally get a PS4 or which we're not going to get an X1, but no, no. And we're probably not going to get a Switch. 
Depends on what else comes out for the Switch. I'm not going to get a Switch right now. I'll get a Switch in a year and a half, two years, when there's a stockpile of games on the cheap shelves. And the Switch itself is cheaper. Right. Mm -hmm. I can understand that's been a lot of people's, like, hesitance is just because of the number of games, which I can completely understand. Nintendo has had a bad record over their last couple consoles of, like, having... Like, this isn't even their strongest launch ever, Mm -hmm. by far. I mean, thank God for Zelda and Mario Odyssey coming out on the heels of it, but, like, this has been a, a pretty weak launch launch as far as I'm concerned for what I can tell like you buy a switch you get three games mm-hmm. like that's all you have to choose from and then uh, looking down the pike I don't see anything coming out that isn't just a remaster of something else right so yeah as far as I'm concerned like I'll get Dark Souls remastered on the PS4 because there's about a thousand other games I want to play on the PS4 right and I'm I'm, I'm, bur- I'm finally burning through the Xbox 360 catalog where I go to the game store and I'm like I've either played everything or I have no interest in playing what's left mm-hmm. but Matt Nintendo is selling cardboard to families <laughs> <laughs> that they are you know what somebody is going to like just hack that thing immediately and that shit is going to be out on free for free to download and print out yourself like so soon that is such that is such a gimmick and it's such I hate a it. rip Nintendo's like, you love us so much, you'll buy paper. <laughs> <laughs> and are they wrong? But say they're not wrong. There's some cool things about that. I wouldn't Labo. do yeah. it. There are some. Well, there are some legitimately cool things. Like the fact my, that you can make a working piano yeah. is cool. Sure, but you know, just buy a keyboard. Well, the thing I, I kind of sure. like about it is um, <laughs> if you want to introduce your kid to a little bit of engineering and stuff, like this is something that they could at least process. I mean, I'm not saying a lot of kids have that kind of attention span nowadays, but I mean, that'd be nice. That's why I liked the idea about it was just they build things and they learn how it works and things and like I that. Love, yeah, that is And I love cool. you, Jacqueline. I don't want to poke holes in your boat now, but what 10-year-old is going to keep that in any kind of good condition? Which is why well, I said I understand. Like, you know, you know. It's, it's a nifty idea, but they They'd be better off making it out of some kind of durable plastic yeah. that lasts than like a cardboard that like seriously if a kid tips his drink over on it, it's ruined. Yeah. And now you've got game po- game components in the cardboard soaking up liquid That's nonsense. Um, and the the other thing is I see I see this is going to be one of those things that a lot of parents are going to buy it for their kids and the kids are going to have no interest in it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like parents are going to be like, look at this, it's cool. I made a little piano, and the kids are going to be like, so what? I'm playing a piano on my phone right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The day and age of well today. I think I think it's a really cool <laughs> idea. I think there, I think there's a I think there's a, a germ of an idea in there but I don't think it's gone through enough R&D to warrant coming out yet and I think it's coming out because people are starting to lose faith in the Switch I think what Nintendo needs to do is just partner up with Lego and just make like a Lego That'd be Nintendo genius. like like was what was it called Mindstorm was that like their the Lego like programming sets that they made yeah that sounds familiar I mean, I was, I was off of Lego for a minute. I, I got out of Lego when it was, like, Star Wars heavy. Mm. And, like, suddenly it was like, what do you mean a Lego kit costs, like, $1,000? Like, but, uh, but, yeah, man. I mean, I remember, like, Kinects and stuff and, like, the little, like, uh, what were the little, like, machine-able ones? And, like, rubber band mechanisms and gears. Oh, oh. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Well, like, uh, Bubble Blex? Yeah. 
Yeah, I did saw a lot of stuff with that one as a kid. Hmm. See, I thought that stuff was interesting. I was afraid of it as a kid. I was like, this is too complex for my brain. <laughs> but it's cool. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I think the I think the Nintendo Labo stuff. I, I feel like. I feel like that it, it, there's a, there's a certain air of desperation around it, where I think it's kind of a, a nifty idea, but it's coming out so quickly and like kind of being thrown out there as like, this is just like a game. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is exactly like a video game, except it's not a video game at all. It's just more kind of like a peripheral that. Oh shit! You don't want this either. Uh, Dark Souls is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I am excited to see, though, like, where they're taking the Switch. Like, obviously, it's selling very well. It's already blown past the Wii U. Not that, like, the Wii U is a very strong console anyway. The Wii U, in my opinion, is I almost still... like the first DS, where it was like, this is the beta, <laughs> or is it I still don't even know what the Wii U is. Yeah, what's the difference like, is it between a, console a Wii or is it a Wii? Wii U? It's... It's the Wii Plus. Basically... You, you could reuse all the ba- ba- like the same peripherals for the Wii, uh-huh. and then it also gave you what was basically a miniature tablet that allowed you to play games on it. Now, don't get me wrong, there were a lot of really fun things on the Wii U. Like we got one, we came, we bought one that came with like a bunch of different games on there. We've but. also gotten really lucky with the whole console thing because we usually end up finding people who bought it but then didn't really use it, and then right. we we end up getting like the discounted price because sure. this dude was like, yeah, we play our PS2 more than this, so you can have this with like the ten games we bought. <laughs> so we just got lucky in that aspect. It had a lot of really fun things, but the good thing is the people, the the large number of people who skipped that on the Wii U, they're basically moving all of the, basically, I think they actually plan on moving like the entire Wii U library like to the Switch. Because of, such, because of the, the, such a small lifespan of the Wii U, like it'd be a huge waste. Well, yeah, because I remember yeah. when the Wii U came out, I, th- I just thought it was a controller for the Wii. Right. right. And, I was, and then people were like, no, it's a new system. And then they would be like, but it's the Wii U, but it works for the Wii. But I'm just like, I don't. I don't care. <laughs> like, I like my game systems to be game systems. Like, the only reason I even have an Xbox 360 is because someone gave me an Xbox 360, mm-hmm. uh, and then it got the red ring of death, but I already had, like, 20 games for it. And I was like, man, if I trade in half these games and take 100 bucks to the game store, I can get, I can walk out with a brand new 360, so right. <laughs> that's what I did. Um... So yeah, I, I, you know, I'm not, but I, the, the thing that interests me about the Switch is I do like the portability of it. I think that's cool. Yeah. I, think that's, uh, I wish it had a little more hardware to it, but I guess with the limitations of what it is, that's just how it goes. Yeah. To be fair though, as far as hardware is concerned for the, for the Switch, it actually is like an incredible piece of hardware for like what it is and what it can do sure. for its size. And especially for its size what it can do and the battery life you can get out of that thing. I guess uh, basically Nintendo went to NVIDIA because NVIDIA had, uh, I think, their little portable thing is called the Shield. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, that Shield thing's really cool. We're Nintendo. We'll give you <laughs> Nintendo money and you give us a thing to sell. Right. And no, you don't say no to, an, to Nintendo. No, like, you don't. Mm, That's but, a gamble you always take. Yeah, it's yeah. like... Because even if even if it fucks off in your favor in the end, you end up with the PlayStation. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, actually, just to 
just to say, because like, you you like the portability. I like the portability, but I also like the size. The size is perfect. Like it's nice. Sometimes I will plug it up to my monitor and like sit on the futon. But when I'm like sleepy or at the times that I have been sick and in bed, the screen is just big enough to where like I still feel immersed in the game. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, I don't need the big screen. You know what right. I mean? So that's also really nice too. I mean, you're talking to a guy who plays Castlevania for NES on a 3DS. So okay. <laughs> it doesn't take much to get me engaged. <laughs> well, I mean, fair enough. I just meant for like, you know, I'm playing Breath of the Wild, which is like, I, I wouldn't want a small screen to destroy the immersiveness of that. Right. And I was just, I was pretty happy with the fact that like the screen's big enough to where like I can still enjoy what they've done here. And Breath of the Wild is clearly a gorgeous game. Yeah. And and Nintendo, if you ever listen to any podcast like this, SNES Classic 2, put that Breath of the Wild 8-bit on that thing <laughs> and sell it because you'll make a mint and it'll be so much more worth it than Star Fox 2. <laughs> oh my uh-huh. god. <laughs> Have you guys played that yet? I'm sorry I opened that up on your system. No, no, it's fine. But I was just no, we, so we curious. We haven't gotten the chance to toy with it yet, okay. but I, like, I understand, like, the game never really even saw the light of day per se so right. i can't imagine it's a very polished game it's it's actually uh it is exa- like when you play star fox 1 and play star fox 2 you realize that what it is is it's the it's star fox 64 prototype just the entire mm-hmm. way it is it is lit like cause star fox 1 is just the you know the half of star fox 64 right and then you realize the other half is the star fox 2 game that's canceled and the reason it has to it had to be canceled is because the vector graphics are just so like it's not legitimate 3d mm-hmm. so everything kind of becomes really like the frame rate drops out a lot right um but it is an interesting it is an interesting look into like the prototype of that kind of thing where them trying to do 3d uh graphics in in, in that thing just using like the 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 scaling that they had opportunity they had the availability to do in the the uh like limited 2d rendering as 3d like a la doom that they would do right um it's it's a really interesting look into that but it is kind of like one of those things where it's like why would you put out this when you have that breath of the wild looking thing that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) or just any other nintendo game through this system but i think it is a cool i think people have been because that was a game that was advertised if i remember correctly nintendo power yeah so i'm sure people have been wondering about it for years and now people can be like oh i see (laughs) (laughs) like that's one of my biggest gripes though like i love the star fox series per se other than the fact that now when you say that you mean you like Star Fox 64 well yeah basically because Star Fox 64 was just like it was a remake of Star Fox right that ran better that ran exactly and even like except for that weird Star Fox game that came out on GameCube which I think it was Star Fox Adventure or yes. something like that which actually wasn't even supposed to be Star Fox at first no so it was basically not a Star Fox game it's a run and gun. Uh, right. Right. And then there was the more recent Star Fox game that just came out, which was still a fucking remake. Right. The first Star Fox. Star Fox. Again, right. Yeah. It's like they really don't know what to do with the series. Which is insane because it's like, it's pretty much Nintendo's Star Wars. Like, if they wanted to make it that, they could easily do that. They could mm-hmm. easily just make it... It's it's a fighter pilot game in space. Like, how hard... Like, in the 80s, you could throw a, a, a handful of pennies and, and activate 20 of those games in an arcade. Yeah. 
like 20 space rail shooters you know like jesus christ the 80s they had the like the original nintendo vector graphic games that looked like star fox 2 and ran better <laughs> and uh, and now they're just like star fox we don't know what to do it's a fox and a jet and there's planes and stuff and frog people <laughs> bunnies <laughs> what do we do with this uh, mario and rabbits <laughs> oh. okay hold on <laughs> that game is actually legit like it's it's basically xcom for children it's pretty solid looking. Okay. The ga- we've seen some gameplay, and I actually, that's my ne- that's the next game on my list when we get some extra funding. I, I actually really want to play. Like, I don't know how that came came about that, like, Nintendo, I don't know, I want to know, like, who went to who, if Nintendo went to, like, Ubisoft, and or Ubisoft went to Nintendo, it was like, hey, you know those Rabbids, which, uh, which we released, and they're just, like, completely inconsequential, we can do anything we want with them? You want to do, like, a Mario game with it? Yeah. It's like, wait, what about that Rayman series you guys made that were that you know the rabbits were a spinoff from? Oh, well, fuck that. Was that. No one gives a shit about Rayman anymore. <laughs> no one wants Rayman. Fucking everyone still wants Rayman. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> we just don't want the rabbits. Um, right. <laughs> you're you're going the wrong direction. Please, like please the minion, go the other way. It's like way. the minion effect. It's like basically like here's these little fucking annoying ass bitches, and we're going to actually run with them. Instead of the thing we liked. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> They're oh, cute. Man. Yeah, I, but I, for I, a bit, until you see their face plastered everywhere. The best thing to come out of Minions. I agree. The best thing to come out of Minions is Bill Corbett's Minions jokes in Rift Tracks. <laughs> it's just <laughs> him, God. like, every time there's a creepy, weird-looking person on the film, he'll be like, I draw naked Minions. <laughs> <laughs> And now you've got Porgs, which are the new minions. Okay, I still like the Porgs. They'll probably have a spinoff. Sorry, I'm not trying to trigger you, Matt. But, um, yeah, uh, that's not. Let's move Everything on. Everything I love is dead. <laughs> <laughs> God. But, yeah, that, uh, wow, we started off with Horizon Zero Dawn. We went way down that rabbit hole. Oh, welcome to PRL Podcasting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just real quick, so how, how have you guys been? Uh, just trying to catch up. Are you guys been all right? Uh, okay. We're dealing with some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to miss a show last week, but in place of it, I did an AMA, which hopefully some people caught. Um, I'm thinking that our shows are probably going to be skipping a week every two now. Just because of probably the chemo and things going yeah. on, but happy to report that things are going well. And that despite the fact that I feel like crap, I know I am healing. Uh, I can already measure that. I'm looking forward to getting uh, hopefully some not negative news this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like as long as basically they don't tell me things are getting worse, I'm gonna just count them as getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel. What I can measure in myself is feels fine. So okay, that I mean I'm not I ain't scared. I got a high survivability rate and I'm young, and they can they can really pump me full of the goods all day long. I'm like these frail old people there. Yeah, man, <laughs> he is by far the youngest person. Oh, and it's my full time job right now. Yeah, forty hours a week of <laughs> right. Lord, yeah. really intense drugs going yeah, through your bloodstream. Yeah. <laughs> and that they would will. be cool. They will. Good. When when I become a superhero. I am like I am a quarter of the way to Deadpool Deadpool right now. Yeah. So like Well, I mean, are you gonna cuts. be that or are you gonna be kid impact? Oh man, I'd take either. Okay. I'd take either. 
I mean, he any, now, any route to superpowers is okay with me. Okay. He now has platinum yes. running through his blood. Yes, I now have platinum in my blood. And he's part I am, cyborg. I am literally bling. I am platinum cyborg. Platinum cyborg. <laughs> Sounds like a disco era hero. <laughs> that, that's pretty and cool. I should be. I would check that out. Platinum <laughs> <laughs> cyborg. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I'd read it. <laughs> He's got the power to funk. <laughs> yes. That is, that, that is the incredibly worst part about chemotherapy, though, is the smell. Because I smell, like, everything smells different to me, tastes different to me mm-hmm. right now while I'm going through this. But on top of that, I get chemo farts. And they're the most horrific, nasty farts ever. They're really bad. And uh, my sweat stinks. And just everything about me is just odorous right now. Oh. I'm, I'm like a member of Guar. <laughs> <laughs> um, what if they smell really good? You don't know. You don't know what guar smells like. I mean, with names like Odorous Arungus. I suppose so. (laughs) Yeah, I have to go with Matt on this one. (laughs) Other than that, yeah, we've been good. And uh, uh, should I bring up the thing from from later on the notes or should I wait? Later on the notes? uh... Yeah. It's the I bottom mean, of the next section. Oh, yeah, you can totally bring that up. Oh, we segue. haven't delved into the video games already. Right, I was going to yeah, say, it'll be a good segue. I just don't want to mess up your show flow. No, it's good. Um, no, it's good, bro. It's fine. Yeah, uh, Jesse on the hunt picked, found us uh, an SNES classic. And, uh, instantly. Am, yeah, it, like instantly. Like two days after, I was like, yeah, if you see one, just you know, keep me hip. And then I, I wake up and there's a message like, hey, I found one. You want it? And I was like, yeah. He's like, I already got it. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, oh boy, I'm just, I just brought the box down because I like to look at the box because, (laughs) so this this is a, this is a weird kind of thing for me because I never had an N64 growing up, but all my friends did. I was one of those kids who got the Sega because it was $10 cheaper, um, or whatever it was. (laughs) And so I played a lot of these games over at my friend's house and then I only got to play them later in life. Like when I had my own money and could go out and like go to a game store and buy a secondhand one and play a lot of these games. So I'm so excited to sit down and play Wait, games. You're talking about the Super Nintendo, Super not Nintendo. N64. Did I say N64? You did. Okay. Well, uh-huh. Super Nintendo. Okay. I just want to make sure you weren't talking yes. about the difference. When all my friends you back? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when all my friends had SNES, had Super Nintendo, I had Sega Genesis, and then when like the 64 came out, I was getting secondhand uh, Super Nintendos and playing all these games, and so for me. These are like the missing years of my childhood. Mm. Like these are like like I've played most of these games at one point or another, but I don't think I've ever actually got to like sit down and play them at my like leisure. Mm-hmm. Like it's always been like, oh, I'm gonna play I'm borrowing this. Yes, I'm gonna borrow this from somebody and play it and like try to cram it in in a weekend or something like that. And so now I'm just sitting here. And I'm like, oh my god, Mario RPG. One of the few games I have uh, played on like com- to completion on this over at my friend Josh house uh final fantasy 3 secret mana mega man x i mean street fighter 2 castlevania 4 super goals of ghosts it's it's all over the place it's all over the place i'm gonna i'm gonna lose entire lifespans in this uh like in in this game like earthbound oh my god uh also thank you thank you guys so much yes absolutely it would have been very cruel of us to give you uh, as you said like your childhood for like a a weekend and not like you know give it back uh Something else that's super awesome about having this is that on my end, 
uh, we had every console except the Super Nintendo. Okay. I had never played any Super Nintendo game until... Donkey Kong Country a couple weeks ago? Yeah, Donkey Kong Country. Um, on your SNES, when you guys brought it she over. She was ripping through it, by the way. Oh, kudos was, to you, because those really barrels well. make me shake. <laughs> that game, like, that whole series in general, I think Donkey Kong Country games, like, have some of my favorite music from, like, yes. any of the Nintendo games. They're solid. I love all Donkey solid. Kong. Now, if we can, when the when the NES Classic comes out, you keep an eye out for that one as well. Oh, we'll, yeah. We'll work something out, because uh, <laughs> last time you guys brought that over, I won the Super Bowl on Tecmo Bowl in about 45 minutes. <laughs> um, so it's good to know that I still have that in my repertoire. I still know the, the old the old vomit with Bernie Kozar from the two-yard line all the way to the end zone. Flawless strategy in, <laughs> in Tech Mobile. Uh, something else pretty cool in our gaming, our, our little gaming world. Um, we found my brother's Nintendo. Mm -hmm. The Nintendo that we played as very young children at my grandpa's house. Um, it's the first time I played Mario was on that Nintendo and uh, we got to play some games there aren't a yeah, ton there, were, there weren't a ton of surviving games left but one of them was Dr. Mario which I had never played in my life <laughs> I love that game she whipped my ass all, about all weekend it. like to the point where I'm not even I don't even want to play anymore like I, I've turned Aww. into like I've turned into the guy who's like fuck this game <laughs> I'm not gonna lie I'm not surprised like Dr. Mario and Becky I, I'm not surprised you enjoy that game yeah her mind is just so much more organizational than not than mine is and uh like my, i'm dyslexic on top of that so like i'm always like sweet red on the left why is the red on the right the red was on the left <laughs> i just looked at it and the red was on the left and i didn't hit, hit any buttons like i'm just so dyslexic my brain flips the, flips the colors and so i always end up screwing myself over and meanwhile she's getting like quadruple rows and stuff <laughs> I was just surprised because you are the Tetris King. I was about to ask, are you Tetris like and Tetris Dr. Mario are different games. They are different. I understand I to, Tetris I to worry is more about, shapes. I don't have to worry about colors and that's, color placement in Tetris. That's what it is. Tetris yeah. is just yeah. creating lines and I can fill in empty spaces. Yeah. Making blocks is a lot easier. Right. You don't have to pay attention to the colors. Right. So you're like the builder. It's my yeah. dyslexia. I mean, that's that's really all it comes down to is the fact that, like, numbers and colors and things like that get mixed up in my brain. Like, I interpret them on the wrong sides. That's why all my... I never understood this. And, like, when I finally found out what dyslexia was, I wanted to go back to my elementary school and yell at every single teacher I had from, like, K through, like, fourth grade. Because it's like, you know I'm a smart kid. You know I wouldn't think the answer to this question was, you know, uh, you wouldn't think my answer to what's nine times seven, you know, or nine times eight was going to be uh, 72, right? <laughs> thinking. Yes. Don't, don't make fun of me. I'm not a mathlete. But uh, so, you know, like it would be like, you know, nine times eight, 72. And I would put 27 and no teacher caught that throughout four grades of school. Yeah, 72. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I was doing it in my head. Yeah, no teacher, would, no teacher would catch that throughout four grades of school that like, the reason I'm failing math tests is because my numbers are reversed. Right. And things That's like that. Sad. Yeah. Yeah. That no one caught that. Right. I could have been I could have been getting help. Right. Could have had a better life. <laughs> <laughs> 
But no, so yeah, it's it's that kind of thing. Like, uh, I, I I mix up places. It's uh, so you know, you, you sometimes when I talk, it comes through as well because words will jumble up in my head. It's all right. You're the builder of our family. I'm the organizer. Oh, I'm Bob the builder. Sure. Sure. I hate that show. <laughs> we are too old for that show. I've never, yeah, I've never actually seen it. I'm just aware of it. Yeah, same. Yeah, I know what he I looks had, like. I had a sister born during that age, so. Uh, yes. Oh, true. So yeah, um, hated that. See, I'm show. very intimately familiar with Barney because that's when, like my that was like no. the, the prime time of my youngest siblings. No, no. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. Really terrible Barney story. I'm sorry. Barney was I. I literally as a kid, like I didn't like the dinosaur. I didn't like him at all. I refused. My mom tried getting me to watch it. I'm like, no, you will put Sesame Street on right now, mom. Right now, Elmo's calling me. I'm. I'm really wondering what's prompting it because. So I've I've already heard this fact before from watching some documentary on Netflix, but lately it's been passing around online with the news that the actor inside the Barney suit today now he well even now for years he's been teaching classes on tantric sex oh and that's tantric sex what the heck is that it's like sting sex what you know sting like the, like the, the singer the, the singer sting oh i thought like it was gonna have to do something with like bees or something no no like. no no it's like it's like sex that lasts for like hours and hours and like all day kind of sex does sting like not get down ever or something no he gets down all the time constantly yeah. forever he just doesn't he just doesn't complete. stop yeah that's what tantric sex is basically that's terrible and tantric sex also has some other weird. I shouldn't say weird. I shouldn't be judgy, but to me, they're weird. Don't yuck anyone's yums. Yeah, I'm, I'm not yucking anyone's <laughs> yums. I'm not king shaming here. It's just like when you tell me things like, "Oh, we practice tantric sex." It's like, well, what does that entail? Well, sometimes like my partner will just blow on my face, because, and that'll get me off. And I'm like, I, I don't understand your your coitus. <laughs> More power to you. My face is not that sensitive. <laughs> nor is it hardwired to the rest of my body that way. But maybe if you got into tantric sex for a, a few months. I wouldn't want that because then if I'm like, what if like I just roll down the window in the car and something goes, like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> On today's news, man got a new car crash. More than 11. Yeah, what if there was a ejaculate found all over the inside <laughs> of the vehicle? <laughs> What happened? Well, we've been doing this tantric sex thing where I blow on his face and it makes him come. So he must have rolled down the window and it's just too much for him. <laughs> God. Oh, oh so man. that's Barney, huh? That's yeah. Barney. Yeah, that's Barney. Yeah, that's what he does now. <laughs> Which I didn't even Good know. for him. I didn't even know. Um, like Barney's like not a thing anymore. Like it's not on TV anymore. Yeah. Like I'm not sure how long it's been like that. But Barney was one of those things I assumed just would be forever. Forever. I right. figured. I figured it was kind of like the Dread Pirate Roberts, where just someone would assume the role of Barney eventually. And I think we as a culture are moving past children's mascots and costumes because it's just a dangerous idea. I, I mean, mean Sesame really Street's still around. Yeah, but Sesame Street's mostly puppets. 
These are that that's the difference. Yeah, I think that's the difference. Is that you know it still takes like two people to operate Big Bird. Somebody's got to operate the head. Somebody's got to like the head and the left arm or whatever. And somebody's got to operate like the eyes and the right arm. Right. And Big Bird on his own could not. You can swat snatch a kid up like Barney could. Exactly. T Rex yeah. a fucking T Rex. Right. Yeah. And you, <laughs> if there's one thing we know, we don't a T Rex snapping up children. Yes. No. That'd be terrible. Now I have a very terrifying Elmo story. Mm. Please fill us in. You have my attention. (laughs) All right. If anyone listening has watched Community, I'm going to pull a Brita here for a second. But I lived in New York (laughs) 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 for a very short time. It's like New York out there. Uh, And when I was in, I was near Times Square area. Mm -hmm. um, And it was very busy. Lots of people. Obviously, it's New York. And it's the middle of the day. Like, it's not a terrifying time of day, per se. But I'm walking down the street, and I turn the block, and Elmo's there. But it's not, like, cute Muppet Elmo. It's, like, the secondhand terrifying Elmo that's, like... Like the dude who's just bargain out Elmo. Yeah, the, the like, Melmo. Yes. <laughs> yes, Melmo. So they visited the shop in Kimmy Schmidt. Right. Exactly. Yes. That's exactly what shop. that was. Yep. And uh, I, I was really close to him. I nearly ran into him, and I was just scared for my life. Yeah, and you know that Melmo's a meth head. <laughs> Absolutely. Like that dude's gonna stab you. The guy you. in there. Yeah. He wanted money or something. Right. From somebody. Those are the kind of people that run drugs. up and like take <laughs> take your picture and then demand money from you. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> no yes, but you. no. Are we talking like it was a man in like a giant Elmo costume? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a, he didn't it, have an Elmo. Right. Okay. He I was thought, an Elmo. I thought it was like someone like some like meth head like puppeteering an Elmo doll, <laughs> which would be amazing. I mean, <laughs> that would like, be that's wrong. a show to stop. Watch. That would be less that's terrifying. True. Yeah, no, Absolutely. a guy, a guy in like an Elmo onesie is always going to be more terrifying. A six foot Elmo. Yeah, a six foot yeah. Elmo, especially with that voice. Hey, Don't I'm run Elmo. away from me! <laughs> I know where you live. Oh God, it's really creepy. I want you go home every night. Ew! <laughs> it's a good thing he wasn't my favorite. <laughs> Actually, my yeah. sister, my sister really liked Elmo's World, which actually made me dislike him more. <laughs> oh, I too just much got Elmo. that song stuck in my head. Too much yeah. Elmo is always a <laughs> bad thing. It's always a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. Not enough Gonzo. Wait, no. That's, That's well, Muppets. Mean, it's kind of in the yeah, same. Yeah, they're in the realm. same. They're in the same. Uh, Were you thinking of Grover? Yeah, the blue guy. Grover. Yeah. yeah, okay. I like Snuffleupagus. I like Snuffleupagus, Snuffleupagus too. I do too. I was, so I was always much more of a Muppets guy. Yes. Like Snuffleupagus is like, I feel like he's more Muppet than uh, Sesame Street. Yeah. 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 Actually, if you like Muppets, you do you remember, uh, do you remember Muppet Babies? Oh, yeah. Okay. No, because that I, was my I, jam. I've literally had people call me crazy that it never existed. What? Yeah. Is this like Muppet the Berenstain yeah. Bear thing? Huh? No. Every, everybody has to. If you, were, if you were alive from 1980 to 1986, you had to know what Muppet Babies were. I don't know what to tell you. Maybe I just work with weird coworkers. Yeah. Like, I, I, mean, I feel I, like it was in syndication, too, for, yeah, for much a longer long than that. I was saying, because we were born in 92. I remember that shit playing mm-hmm. until, like, at least, like, 96. Right. Yeah. Okay, I was born in 92. You're yes. older. 
I remember, I remember enjoying Muppet Babies based solely on the fact that Star Wars is in the opening titles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like that 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 was the thing that I like, sold. I was like, Muppets plus Star Wars, I am in. <laughs> Muppets plus babies, I'm all about that. That was oh, yeah. cute. Yeah. Well, that's when you knew, like, like you really hit it in, like, children's TV shows. Where it's like, let's make a spinoff where they're all younger. Mm-hmm. There we go. Mm-hmm. And milk another generation. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a Rolf the dog guy. Me too. Like, he's my fave. I had a puppet. Yeah? My, my Uncle Boo got it and used to, like, mess with me when I was a kid, like, have him sing and stuff, and then he gave it to me. Um, I don't know where it is now. I'd have to ask my mom if we still have him or not. I'm a Swedish chef guy myself. Ugh. Pure a great choice. Um, <laughs> yeah, I uh, in the new MST3K in the last episode, there is a a new robot introduced named Growler, who is a uh, very suspiciously like Rolf <laughs> uh, the dog, and uh, he just likes to play the piano. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, sounds familiar. I love Jonah being like he's based off Rolf the dog. Who doesn't love Rolf the dog? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely like the dorky character. So waka waka. Oh yeah. <laughs> Fozzie <laughs> Bear. A skeeter. Scooter. Mm-hmm. Poor Skeeter. <laughs> that's Beaker. Skeeter is Scooter's sister who just disappeared off the face of the Muppet world and was never yeah. spoken again. Sco- like Richie Scooter Cunningham's older brother from Happy Days. <laughs> Scooter was the guy with gla- the orange guy with glasses. No, that no. was uh wait. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, for a second, I thought you were describing yeah. uh, and, Honeydew. And Scooter yeah. had a twin oh. sister named Skeeter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. Who, like the older brother in Happy Days, walks up the stairs of the basketball and is never seen again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My bad. <laughs> Except she had more of a presence than Richie Cunningham's brother. Yeah, because she was in more than one episode. Yeah. <laughs> and she was in Muppet Babies. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, where is she now? Right. What? Where? Where's the truth about Skeeter? What happened to Skeeter? What happened to Skeeter? We're gonna start a true crime podcast. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Please. We're going uh, over all the evidence <laughs> to find the guilty parties. It reminds me of the what was it those robot chicken sketch where it was like behind the music with uh yes with the the, the, the Doctor Teeth and yeah yeah mayhem or whatever Magic mayhem or whatever yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dr. Teeth is another one of my favorite, but like just the design of that puppet is so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Him and what's the what's the lady's name with the blonde remember, hair? I can't remember, like any of their names. Yeah. Except for like Animal, obviously. Right. right. I love her. She's such a stoner. <laughs> like I want to hang out with that Muppet. That Muppet would be the, the the Muppet band would be the best Muppets to hang out with. Yeah. Clearly, because they have all the good drugs. <laughs> Obviously. Look at Animal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. My mom liked Animal. Like that. I mean, I feel like really. I don't. Th- I don't think anyone had a Muppet that they basically didn't like. Sam all, the that Eagle. would be weird. Well, yeah, but you, his purpose is like you're not really supposed to. Yeah, like him. he's the authoritarian. Yeah. yeah. I was like Sadler and Waldorf too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like those, and watching those shows now, they are the best part. Oh yeah, you relate to well, them. Yeah, yeah, you relate yeah. to them more. You're their age now. Actually, I didn't. I didn't like Sweetums at first. Sweetums? I didn't like him at first. The big hairy guy with the honking nose. 
The the really big front furry guy. Phenomena? Yeah. Oh, um no. Oh no, like the massive. Yeah. He sings Phenomena, but his name is Sweetums. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, that's why I said Phenomena. That's I the guy his though. Name is sweet. It's Sweet something. Hold that's, on. I'm pretty sure Sweetums. it's Sweetums. I don't know. I, I don't know. I didn't like him until they made that they made that movie where all the Muppets were doing different like stories, like uh, the Golden Touch or. Okay, yeah, this is um, the guy I was thinking of. I didn't know his name was Sweetums. Yeah, Sweetums. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea that was his name. Yep. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I didn't like him until like Sweetums. they they were That's doing like cute. those those ancient stories, like the Golden Touch or Rumpelstiltskin and things like that. Um, he happened to be in one of those, and he was a really nice guy. I'm like, oh, you're not scary. <laughs> <laughs> he did a cook-off against Gordon Ramsay. When the fuck did that I want to see that. I would, I would I'm going to have to show you guys a video after yes, this. Yes, please yep. do. Yeah. I'm going to make a note of that. <laughs> Sweetums and Ramsay. Head to head. <laughs> so, I guess before we move on to actual video games, uh, I just want to say we did have a awesome game of D&D. And we have another one coming up next week. And I can't wait, guys. Yeah, we do. Oh, yes. I'm I'm excited to be well-rested for next week's. Because oh, last, yes. last night I got really tired really fast. Unfortunately, yeah. I had to cancel out. But from what I hear, I did my character did kill some badass. Yeah, your character Thank still God. killed like four of six well, skeletons. I'm the, I'm the tank. I'm the barbarian. Yeah. As long as somebody had me raging and swinging a hammer, I should be doing fine. Yeah, <laughs> I had you. <laughs> yeah. Rook Jawbuster yeah, to the rescue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank God you were there because I was just dancing around. Of course, the one thing I actually tried to do, I tried to have a heroic moment where, like, I think it was Becky's character came in and did something, like, almost killed something, but it was, like, held together. And then I tried to, like, throw my hand action across the room and just explode it. And uh, <laughs> I, I totally missed and hit somebody. You hit me. <laughs> and they hit you. Appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, why the heck am I always being hit when you guys, like, fuck up with your weapons? You know, line of fire. <laughs> Maybe you weren't running down the damn hallways all the damn time. <laughs> I guess killed. Well, if you weren't just a show off with javelins. Hey, if you can do it, flaunt it. <laughs> I mean, my character, we've firmly established, like, uh, we didn't even need to establish this as a story point. The dice have firmly established that my character has no sense of vision or perspective. <laughs> like, my character cannot see, uh, you cannot see to the bottom of a one-inch bucket with a flashlight <laughs> and a ruler. It's fucked. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm but very excited for the campaign to continue. Either, yes. <laughs> either one of them, really. Just give me more D&D. That's, yeah, more yeah. D&D is always better than less D&D. Loving sure. it. Um, yeah, so we can get into video games now if you guys are all ready. I know, but I got some things to say about the things we watched. Not a problem. So the first thing that we ended up watching was Dragon Ball Fighter Z, or as Jesse has been correcting me all day, Dragon Ball Fighters, <laughs> coming out on PS4, Xbox One, and PC on January 26th. I'm incredibly excited. For, like, well, I'd say I am incredibly excited for the game, which is true. Uh, just dropped yesterday, and I've been seeing a lot of videos of my friends playing it, and just in general being very hyped for the game to come out anyway. Because, like, the animation style they use for the game, it Damn. looks like they're just ripped right from the yep. show. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. I, when, I, when we were watching the trailer, I was like, so are they cutting from the show? 
and then showing gameplay, or is this how the game is gonna look? It's, it, yeah, I, it's just it, like really cool. It's come a long way from like Budokai and like the mm-hmm. uh, whatever the other Dragon Ball Z games right. were from back in like PS2 days that I played. Um, I'm a lapsed DBZ fan. Yeah. I made it to like the end of the Cell Saga, and that was about it. Uh, <laughs> so to me this is like it is pretty nuts to see all this stuff looking so crisp and clean and yeah. like, the thing is is the DBZ f- franchise has always had the makings for great fighting games yeah so I, I, I would totally play the shit out of this and this made me want to ask you guys a question yeah because I'm assuming you guys are probably a little more hip to uh, at least in terms of overall familiarity with DBZ than I am because mine was, you know, I was a Toonami guy who, who caught it on Toonami when it aired. And if I missed episodes, I really didn't care for when it came back around. Mm. Um, but I always dug kind of the martial arts of the show and the, the, the general aesthetics. So Becky, who I don't think has ever even seen an episode nope. of DBZ. Even though I have a Dragon Ball yes. on my microphone stand. Well, you think Dragon Balls are cute. It's a little dragon. He's wrapped around a ball. <laughs> um, what's not, is, what's uh, not Shenron? like? Or Shenlong. Enron? Yeah. Enron Ron the Hubbard. dragon. Enron. I was going to ask you guys which, uh, what, what I should use as like a good gateway into DBZ for uh, Becky and a lapsed DBZ or like myself if we wanted to, because we want to do that anime podcast where we're going to watch an anime and just give kind of reviews on it. We're not going to watch the whole thing. Oh, really? Wait, did you really just say that? I would start Becky off on Dragon Ball. Okay, yeah, okay. Because it is... So, Dragon Ball Z, the way it differs mainly from Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball was a lot more fantasy, like Asian fantasy heavy, right? Mm-hmm. versus sci-fi and fighting martial arts, martial arts yeah. in Dragon Ball Z. Um, and I feel that Becky would probably enjoy that more than actually Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. But considering all the core characters from Dragon Ball carried over into Dragon Ball Z, that might be her best bridge is just getting her attached to the characters. That way she's interested to see how that progresses later on. Okay, because I was thinking about showing her something like Tree of Might or like Mm -hmm. World's Strongest or something that's kind of like one of the OVAs. Um, but I could I don't know which one's in first in continuity or anything like that. I don't think any of them actually have yeah, any continuity. So technically, none of the movies are like canon to the actual series. Right. Yeah. But there's really no harm in watching them. Right. I figured like Tree of Might is probably like a good. It's you don't. I think, I think Tree of Might was like the second of the movies. I think the first one was like the Earth's Mightiest, Earth's Strongest, whatever right. the name. Those was. movies have like been ruined for me in in the sense of serious tone because yes, because I I watch the abridged versions. Dragon oh. Ball Z abridged. Like I'm not sure. Those if are great. Watch it. Yeah, yeah, they're so damn good. Yeah, and, they're like, so funny. They are. They are very dry at the beginning because they're still like, trying to find their footing. Right. But like Funimation and the team that like behind, like basically all the voice actors from Dragon Ball Z, like thank Team Four Star of you know Dragon Ball Z of Ridge for keeping Dragon Ball relevant up until like now where like Dragon Ball Super is coming out so like like they love those guys and actually I think it's Brian Drummond the guy who voices Vegeta like he was like listening to the abridged video just like I didn't record lines for this right like that's that's me like the guy that does the voice of Vegeta for abridged is spot on yeah he's like exactly like mimics the voice perfectly yeah like there's no fudging it 
I mean, if the guy who does the voice is wondering if it's him, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, insane. Um, but I'm surprised that he said that. But I'm glad because that's what I was gonna say. Like in terms of what like Becky's taste and everything, Dragon Ball is a great way to get started because Dragon yeah. Ball is more story and uh, story oriented in my opinion whereas dbz is great for fighting yeah not to say that there's not story but you're there for the fights well and i'm hoping one day we'll get an uh like a real actual translation of dbz as it originally was and not the kind of like funimation tweaked version screaming at each other Mm -hmm. yeah i mean and it's not that it's that much different like the japanese version and the american versions aren't that much different save for like a few blood and gore moments and like a few kind of like more sexual or more not for like five-year-olds kind of stuff that happens in it but um it is it is one of those things where like if you've seen the original like subbed Japanese import version stuff then watch like the Funimation Toonami stuff and you're like oh there is like five extra minutes of screaming in this episode mm-hmm. you know like it doesn't happen all the time but there are just a few episodes where you're like that is a weird change mm-hmm. oh also you're gonna want to watch the Dragon Ball subbed because they there was a lot of it because of things that you know because of coding and things that they can't show or whatever right. you're missing out a lot and it was one of those things where like I want to go back and rewatch Dragon Ball because there's a lot of scenes missing hmm so because um one of the characters Bulma it, it's not a spoiler or anything but like to uh basically get the upper hand on this old man named Master Roshi like he won't tell her something so she's like I'll have you see my panties and like she's like lifting her skirt and shit like that it's just it, it's nothing gross it or goes into that, like that stuff just... that doesn't fly for five-year-olds yeah right yeah that makes sense it's so. the same thing like when i watched the uh, ova of the history of trunks there's a scene where he fights king cold yeah and like just cuts him to ribbons and it's it's got blood, blood in it, and... you know and like shows him all his body all chopped up into pieces mm-hmm. and then when you see like the funimation tsunami version of it it's just like a sword flash and then he's just kind of like just Gone. stuck in one frame and then he disappears huh. <laughs> it's like, oh that's that's really different mm-hmm. but then i will say when you finally get her into watching uh dragon ball z um, i would recommend to cut out a lot of the like you know the six episode long screaming yes watch uh dragon ball z kai which is actually like funimation's official like abridgment of dragon ball z okay so you don't have to so you don't have to deal with like the frieza fight where it's like the planet will blow up in one minute and it's going to take 11 episodes yeah and the 11 episodes are literally just going to be like goku being like what am I gonna do? Ah, he's blowing up the planet. Freezes all. Uh, uh, what am I? Uh, uh, I'm gonna blow up this planet. Uh, and then it's just like, let's scream at each other for 90 minutes. Ah! Yeah, basically. Like, to put in perspective, um, like, I think it's like within, I think the first, like, two episodes of Dragon Ball Kai, like, Raditz is already there and, like, gone. Oh, great. As opposed to, like, that was, like, the first, like, season. Season, right. Yeah. Wow. Real, so much talking. <laughs> real quick, just like rounding back to the game, that character, the pink the pink girl with yes. the... Okay, do you know who she is? Yes. There's been fan art of her, and I was really... I wasn't confused, but I was like, who is this character? Because like, I thought it was something from Dragon Ball Super. She's apparently a Majin android? Yes and no, and she actually technically is from the anime. That's Android 21. But she's Majin. She... Okay, so you know how... Cell was made up 
of uh, different percentages of everybody. Right. Yeah. Android 21 is that plus the cells of Cell, Frieza, and Majin Buu. They need to fucking stop. They're going to like... The Red Ribbon Army is forever, hon. You can't avoid them. Yeah, well, you know what? I, I want to punch them all in the dick. <laughs> I need to stop doing this. They're... That was the one part of the trailer that I didn't understand. I'm just like, a lot of these characters are way beyond my my time with DBZ. Well, if if I may say, like, Dragon Ball Super has basically introduced uh, the Marvel concept of there's different dimensions now. So, like, um, a lot of these uh, characters are from, like, a different timeline of, like, this happened instead of this happening, which well, that, at this outcome. That wasn't super unfamiliar to DBZ, though. I mean, they nope. had, like, they had timelines where Goku died, they had I mean, tanks and trunks and... I guess so, but, GT like, it was... I guess it was the way they introduced it because they have guardians <laughs> to kind of look over these different universes. Like, they're in charge of making sure, like, this is my universe, stay the hell away. Right. Which they broke that rule recently because I guess they were bored. I mean, like... <laughs> <laughs> As deities just, get. Just the way that, like, how ridiculous Dragon Ball Z got, they kind of wrote themselves into that corner because, like, mm-hmm. basically Goku became, like, the strongest thing in the entire universe. I am so a god! Like, well, shit, what do we do now? Oh, well, there's other universes where there right. are equally as strong characters. Right. So, yeah. Also, um, real quick, because I thought it was funny, the advertisement of Arby's with the Yancha thing. We can have an entire episode just based on, like, the advertisements that Arby's has been spitting out. Fair oh, enough. They're, they're great. They're really great. But I just want to say that Yamcha thing had me rolling. Oh, for no, a good minute. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, oh my God. Becky, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to save your, your, your heart from this. Um, Yamcha was really cool in Dragon Ball. That's was it, he? though. He was. He had cool attacks. Kind of. He was, he was, he was kind of a bigger deal in Dragon in Ball. In Dragon Ball. In Dragon yeah. Ball. Yeah. Dragon Ball Z, That's why I'm no, saving, I'm saving, irrelevant. I'm saving her from this because I really like Yamcha in Dragon Ball and then I, he became a pussy. I want to get Becky really into Dragon Ball and then show her Dragon Ball Evolution and just watch her get angry. <laughs> God. Like all That's of the live time. action. Yeah. I've heard. With the dude from uh, Shameless in it. Where when we started watching Shameless, I was like, I don't know if I can watch this show because fucking fake Goku's in it. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> But yeah, that's Dragon Ball Fighters. Fighters. <laughs> so to carry on into uh, things kind of from our childhood, we have a uh, a remake, uh, Shadow of the Colossus, coming out on PS4. Oh on, uh, my February god! 6. Yeah, so it's just like this. This game, when it was released on PS2, was already like basically like they're like okay, they're just like right up to Nintendo. Like, so what are what are the like physical limitations of your hardware here? Oh, that's what it is. Oh no, we we can make it do better yeah <laughs> and then they put out shadow of the colossus and even back like back then like i mean even now like they've re-released that game just like upscaling the graphics mm-hmm. and it's still fucking gorgeous yeah it's beautiful it looks pretty and it's, it's it's the first time i can ever remember playing a game that had that sense of scope yeah like in in kind of a physical moving way whereas like you know other games had like tall levels this is like Oh, I gotta climb this fucking thing. Yeah. Okay. And it's like it's like a it's whole moving. level that's moving all the time. Yeah, that was an incredible gaming experience uh, on the PS2. So why is it? I, I I literally I have no background of this game. Why is it called Shadow of the Colossus? Well, because it, like the the entire world, like so it, there are what was it like? I think the original game there was like thirteen or fourteen yeah. Colossus. Yeah. And they rise up. They they rise up one day and 
like it's very kind of literal just like they're casting a shadow on the land like everyone in this world lives in the shadows of these massive beasts okay and no one can really do anything about them except this little kid that's you exactly yep. who is I'm fairly certain the same kid that you play as is in Ico. Okay, I've, I think I've heard you say that once because, like, Troy let me borrow that game and you went on a spiel about that. Yeah, which is also heavily uh, implied that the super young child that you're playing as in, uh, what that game that came out recently where you're, like, a really tiny child with, like, a griffin that's, like, following you around the... Uh, the Last oh. Guardian. The Last Guardian. Like, it's super implied that that is also the same character. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's just one of those games where it's, it's just at that time in that in the gaming landscape, you really didn't have things like that, and so that was just such a like instant kind of uh, imagination grabber when you when you when you picked up Shadow of the Colossus and you're like, oh, I'm going to go climb this like forty story creature now and fight it like right. while I'm climbing it. Where it is, uh, the the boss battle is also a puzzle and platformer. Yes. yes. I was about to say, like, at, at one point during the trailer, I saw him, like, he was, like, hanging on to the end of, like, I guess his sword. Mm-hmm. Or one of the Colossus, I'm guessing that's one way to get up there. Yeah, and the, the kind of cool thing about those is that, like, if you're just like, fuck this, and you just, like, jump and run, like, you're free to leave. Like, you're free to leave. So you're not, like, boss. locked into it. No, not really. So, like, you can come and go, and, like, I don't think there's any, like, there's no, like, specific order you have to take out these Colossus. I like that for frustration levels, because I hate it when, like, I'm doing something over and over and over, and I can't get anywhere else until I do it, and I get so frustrated. Like, that 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 saves some frustration, because if I can just, like, disengage for a bit to cool down and figure it out later. I've been messing around with uh, Castlevania Lords of Darkness, and uh, or Lords of Shadow, or whatever it's called, and, uh... There's some several Shadow of the Colossus style bosses in the game, mm-hmm. but they don't play the same way as Shadow of the Colossus. Like it's it feels a lot like somebody was like, let's do Shadow of the Colossus, but let's not devote a bunch of hardware to it. And uh, I mean, they play good, but but uh, it really did make me be like, oh, I just wish I had Shadow of the Colossus, right? Because like th- that is much more of a climb this limb than this limb. Like it's just a pattern that you just gotta know when to hold your hold on button. Right. Um. But uh. Yeah. It it did make me be like, oh, I miss the open endedness of how you can approach a shadow of the Colossus. Colossus. Right. Not that uh, Lord of Shadows isn't without its merits anyway. Because like yes. I was I was very iffy about those games when I first heard like heard them or heard about them just because it's just like well it's Castlevania by name it doesn't really look like a Castlevania game but it's just like it's a restyling and retelling of the Castlevania lore that actually also kind of acts as like a prequel to the, right, whole, yeah. to the entire series except with a lot more Spanish influence which is pretty fucking sweet right like basically if Guillermo del Toro wanted to take Lord of Shadows and just make it into a live action film like it'd be right up his fucking ass. it'd be great yeah I'd, I'd watch the shit out of it I, I think Castlevania is one of those game series that could make the jump to movie really easily like yeah. all the stuff is there you just do it I'm um, that right now with the anime series yes the anime is great another eight episodes coming in like May or something I know I thought Excited. it was October oh my goodness it's May, that'd be awesome. I think it's sooner than that good I don't want to wait <laughs> alright yeah, let's, what, what's next? Uh, Seven Deadly Sins, Knights of Britannia. Now, admittingly, the trailer we saw was really short. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too familiar with the actual anime. Me neither. Um, I was going to say, I haven't okay. really given it a chance yet. I haven't seen the anime. I read the manga. 
and the manga is really good. And basically the premise of the story is, um, I don't think you got a good look at her, but there's this, uh, quote unquote princess that like has run away from her castle because she, there's, there's an evil in the land and course, yes. it, it, it's corruption basically. Like there's these like seven paladin knights or whatever, uh, you could call them. What, the what's no, 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 no. It's the opposite of the sins. They're oh, the, the sacraments. Uh, yes. They're the sacraments, but they're corrupted. Like their entire battalion's corrupted and stuff. They're using their powers for bad. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and she's just like, no, this can't be happening. So she goes out to try and find uh, the seven deadly sins who once, um, who once did good, but something happened like like years and years ago that made it seem like they did something horrible and like betrayed the country. And so they've been like lost for like years, basically. So she goes out to find them to find out what the hell happened and to ask for their aid. And she finds Wrath, who is the blonde kid, um, who is actually very powerful. Um, and I don't know how to explain his power, but it, it's basically a journey thing. There's, you know, Wrath, Lust, Envy. I've gotten as far as Wrath and Envy, and Envy's just a giant. Like, she's literally a giant. Like, she's just a... And she, like, loves uh, Wrath. Like, it's like, you're my boyfriend, so she's envious of anybody else that comes near her. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll admit I've watched the anime because it just looks like exactly the kind of anime I don't like. Really? Yeah, whenever, whenever like, I've, I've seen it come up on, like, uh, my suggestion watching because I'll watch like a few episodes of, like Fate's Fate Night or whatever mm-hmm. Fate's Day or whatever that's called and uh, I'll, I'll see some other things come up and I watched like I, I started a fairy tale at one point just to see what that was and it tales long and like well it just it has that it has that like that s- sort of uh, too soft kind of attitude to it where it's like I feel like I'm getting suckered into something that's not for me. Yeah. Like, and so I haven't given it a chance yet. Uh, I, I guess I just don't, I, I don't know enough about it and I haven't seen anything that made me really want to get interested in it. Like, especially when I see like the the pig running around. Yeah. I'm just like, yes, this is clearly not a show for me. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. The shows I, I watch don't typically it. have like anthropomorphic pigs running around. Yeah. Except for like what's his face from Dragon Ball back in the day. Well, it's like the pig... Oolong? Yes. As, as far as I know, the pig runs a tavern. I haven't really figured out what her <laughs> role is. Which still doesn't make sense. Just saying that. <laughs> like, just saying that the pig runs a tavern doesn't make it any more believable. No, no, no. That's not like I said. Like, I can't... I, unfortunately, this is an anime I literally couldn't tell you if it's your beat or not. Right, I yeah. really can't. Um, because I haven't gotten that far into it myself. But, like, I've gotten enough to where, like, the story intrigues me. Anything that has to do with sins and sacraments always has intrigued me and that's what's hooked me and I want to know what they've done with this 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 concept that's what I want to say right on what do I feel mellow alchemist yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) but I don't know from I I looked something up real quick but it looks like it's gonna be like a fighting-ish adventure because it has an adventure mode where you're actually exploring the land and like fighting monsters so it seems in that kind of way so I wonder if it'll be one of those like really lazy story based games though where it's like the adventure mode is just basically read the abridged version of the story while only doing the fights we'll have right. to we'll have to see I suppose I, I'll probably I remember there was a, we're talking back about those Dragon Ball Z games there were several of those that had a story mode that was that was basically all they did right but yeah not not too much um it looked really cool to me but once again it's just one of those things where like i like that story so i wanted i wanted to see what kind of game they were going to try and come out with it i get it so 
that's really all I have to say about that. So moving on. <laughs> sure. Sounds good. Okay, Owlboy. This is actually a Switch, PS4, and Xbox One, February 13th. This I want to say I just love the pixels. This made me want to yep. play the, the SNES. Maybe just want to say, forget the podcast, we're just going to go play SNES. Because uh-huh. to me... So retro. This, that's what video games look like to me. Like, yeah. Like, I know that's a video game from the second I look at it, and I know it's not going to expect me to do anything other than play it. It looks really awesome. <laughs> Mad Hymens, now that's what I call video games. Right. <laughs> 64. I, kn- I know it's just from the generation I grew up in, but, like, I really, I'm glad that that retro style is still so prevalent and that people still care enough to build games like that because I think there is a charm and a magic to a game of that kind of thing that it's not asking you to get overly invested in a graphical touch or graphical details not asking you to get overly invested in like its physics engine or like how many different npc models they have or anything like that it is really just a game that is like here's a game you want to play it like we're not we're not we're not throwing anything in your face that is meant to like gloss you over in any kind of way uh, and entrance you into anything other than just what the game is and what the game has to offer. Right. Like, it's it's simplicity in form. And even though it's simple and, like, you know, s- simple, pixelated, retro look, it's still got these really, like, beautiful touches. Oh, my God. That, that yeah. weren't in our original video games. Right. It, it, it's, it's so magical. Gorgeous. Yeah, it really is. Like the the fl- what got me was the fluidity of some of that animation using pixels. Because right. like going back off of like older games and things, not that it wasn't like animated, but like the fluidity of it was just like the leaves. Like that's the best example. Like those leaves were just like I was just watching them in awe. Like oh my god. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I, I did I write down this. that at first I thought this was almost like a Shovel Knight meets like Legend of Zelda like kind of feeling from it but I just I, I the more I saw the trailer I'm like no this just reminds me of Shovel Knight I really want to freaking play it yeah <laughs> Shovel Knight's a game I really want to play it's fun oh it's it's good like it, I know I would enjoy the shit out of that game mm-hmm. but Owlboy looks looks really looks nice great looks really impressive for what it is. So that might be a game I will be getting on. Oh, I'm, I'm sure we'll be jumping on that train. Yeah. Question is, what console? What? I, I literally just said Switch. No, no, no. I mean, oh, as in we get on the Switch? Yes. Oh, okay. Did you have, like, an argument for that? Oh, uh, no. Okay. <laughs> that just means I'll never get to play it, so. Uh, okay, Bull, you have the charger right now, even though you're using it for your phone, but yeah. I mean, I got my phone charger back. We're good. <laughs> so... Uh, I guess next up would be Bayonetta 1 and 2 collection for the Switch, which is February 16th. I mean, I, I haven't played any of the Bayonetta games. I've been telling Becky that we should get them, but we always end up getting something else. So I'm excited to play them. Uh, I probably won't be waiting till the Switch to play them, but... Right. Uh, yeah, like... Uh, I, I love Devil, I love the old Devil May Cry. Exactly. Like, if you've played Devil May Cry, you basically played Bayonetta, except, like, Bayonetta... Actually, okay, so they're about the same game. Something that I really, really love about those games, though, like, they all have, like, fucking awesome music. Yeah. Like, Devil May Cry and Bayonetta both have great music in them. They surely do. Uh, I don't know about Bayonetta, but I know Devil May Cry had some <laughs> badass music to it. Yeah. Our our friend, um, 
in Arkansas is the one that like talks about Bayonetta because he's played through the Bayonetta games and he introduced us to some of the soundtrack and it is pretty pretty awesome uh, what hooked me to really want to play this game was his description of riding a goddamn motorcycle in space up a satellite on a leopard oh that sounds awesome there are boss yeah. fights where you're like fighting on like a clock tower that's falling out of the sky <laughs> like it's fucking ridiculous Nuts. yeah um also I played Bayonet- Bayon- Bayonetta um on Smash Bros and if those moves are in that game hell yeah I'm excited to play this game because that was fun as shit her attacks and combos are just like ridiculous. So yeah, you'll you get a lot of that same stuff in this. Well, I like that. I like how she flips and kicks and like when she gets on her back and shoots you with her heels, which I mean, aesthetically is cool, but like is impossible, but whatever. <laughs> also, since just it was brought up, Matt, I'm not sure if you're aware that there actually was a very short-lived Devil May Cry anime. Is there? Yes. I did not know that. You can uh I, I it's it not it's not great. But as a Devil May Cry fan, it's enjoyable. I mean, those games, those games spoke to me because it was just, it reminded me of arcade beat-em-ups. It's yeah. just like, go out there and be this badass as you can be and try to get a high ranking on how badass you are. Basically. Yeah. Then you could juggle things in the air with your guns, and that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that, that basically sums up my opinion on Bayonetta is if it's like Devil May Cry, I'm down. Becky, you'd love it. You would. So I know it's not. Would. It's not just fighting. No, it is fighting. It is just fighting, but it is like badass fighting. It's fun fighting. It's not. It's not just like. It's not Street Fighter. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. Like, I've never. I mean, I was pretty great at Street Fighter. <laughs> On the Sega. Uppercut. Um. But yeah, I'm not usually one for just fighting games. I like you know a lot of story. Oh, there's story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is story. It's just the story happens to be wrapped around wade your way through levels filled with things to kill. There is one thing about her that's still weird to me, and I don't know if it was explained. Her clothes are her hair. So, yeah. So, her... She's a witch. Okay. Um, And her clothes are actually kind of, like, made from her hair. So, technically, she's always and- naked. And the more, like, this is what astounds me more so that, like, Nintendo has, like, exclusive rights of Bayonetta now, is that the more magic she uses, like, her clothes and hair, like, retract away, and then, like, once she runs out, she's basically kind of, like, not, like, completely naked. But almost. Right, basically almost naked. So, like, the fact that, like, Nintendo's like, yeah, this is is a series we need to grab and just hold on (laughs) to. Which is probably just like, let's bring people that aren't just children into this fold. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I mean, did you see that sculpted butt? She do got the booty. <laughs> she got the booty. <laughs> Give Samus a run or run for her money. I thought it was Captain Falcon that was voted best. I mean, to be fair, Captain Falcon has an ass. <laughs> Falcon punch. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it looks fun. The concept seems really fun. And like I said, I, I just have the, I don't want to say an advantage, but like I played her in Smash. And if those attacks are in that game, I just, it's going to be a fun ride. And then to go along with it, they announced that they are releasing a Bayonetta 3. So. Wow. Uh, well, I don't know. Anything. Yeah. Yes. Sequels are like, okay, I'll see. I'll believe it. Get our fill it. of half naked witch hair. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious. Delicious. Um, Mm, 
But you know who's even better than Bayonetta? Black Panther. Coming out February sixteenth. That was a uh, a flawless segue, honey. <laughs> I'm learning <laughs> terribly. I think that one made a thud. <laughs> <laughs> Transition for you, sir. <laughs> but, but yes, I too am very excited for Black Panther. I, I am. I am as well. Me too. That was like terrible. Actually, for my uh, my notes here for Black Panther, I actually just wrote excited followed by three exclamation points. Yeah. I just wrote, I can't fucking wait. <laughs> like, that's, I'm just excited for this movie. I will say this already, though, I'm getting the feeling like we're going to have the same Marvel villain problem, but I think Michael B. Jordan is a good enough actor to probably carry it through. But it does look like we're just getting another origin movie where in the end of the movie is the villain, the hero takes on a, a mirror version of himself. Yeah, I, I am curious to see, because they've been, they've been building up Ulysses Klaus for like yeah. a number of movies, and it still doesn't look like he's like the main villain in Literally this movie. He's a sidekick. <laughs> right. Just hanging out the side of the car. Shooting yeah. things, yeah. So, Becky, I wanted to bring this up. This is probably the one and only time where I see skydiving and I'm not nauseous. It was the, it's the sickest thing and I, I could watch it all day long when he falls out of that plane. Badass. And I don't know why. It's the I way he does know. it. It's the way he does it? You? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's because he's Black Panther. Shoot. Yeah. He's just falling. Right. Like straight, like a shot. He's not doing the... Preparing right. to jump. It's, it's a fluid thing. It's not falling with style. It's just fucking falling like a boss. Right. Like a boss. Like a, like a missile. With his arms crossed. Throwing he's, out He's shit. ready to go. Yeah, he's and doing as, it. He's getting it done. And as much as I am excited for Black Panther and all the action, I am mainly, mainly excited for the kick-ass women in, yes. in that movie. Like, I'm super excited about that. Oh, man. I'm blanking on her name. <laughs> I was trying to think of all the fucking, like, like, the fact that, you know, Black Panther himself is, is, like, a fucking boss, but it's like, oh, well, I mean, if you want to fight me, you have to go through these mini bosses to right. fucking get to me. Yeah. Oh, man. If, and if they can wrap up this Disney Fox deal already, like, just give me a, a post credit scene with Storm. Right? Oh, where just, yes. where just Storm shows up and is like, oh, shit, our marriage has been arranged or some shit like that. And I would just be like, oh, give it to me all. <laughs> give us a real deal storm. Yes. Not Halle Berry. No. Sorry. Can Angela Bassett. She's going to be amazing. Yeah. And I cannot wait. Yeah, this movie looks so good. Amongst all the other women. <laughs> but Can I? Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Just going to say, Michael B. Jordan, still don't like him. I still don't. I still don't like his vibe in this movie. I know he's the bad guy, right? But I don't know what's going on with his look. It looks like he's wearing a shirt made out of his skin, but like it's still separate. Like he put on a shirt that's made of his skin. It's, you, it looks like bad makeup to when me. When you really think about it, aren't we all just wearing shirts of our skin? <laughs> yeah. Put on your yes, hair but shirt. But they're not separated from our bodies. It looks like he woke up. Maybe yours aren't. Has a regular chest. Woke up and put on a shirt that was bumpy. <laughs> made of his skin. Okay, I was literally trying to figure out which character she fucking talking about. I don't do names. Are you trying to imply the bad guy? Are you trying to imply that he is a lizard person? Maybe, maybe he's already I mean, shed. I think, I think it's, I think it's supposed to s somewhat be related to like ritual scarring. Well, I, I guess he, that. Didn't you bring up something along like that's how he's summoning his suit. 
Yeah, it looks like it too. Yeah. I get that, but if it's supposed to be his actual skin, that's I'm saying the makeup doesn't look good to me. It just okay. looks like he like it looks like it's separated and, yeah. from himself. It looks like this weird kind of like precursor to where like somewhere down the line we're gonna get the Iron Man extremist armor. Yeah, mm. where it just like like gr- like just like grows out of his body. Right. Which I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset about, but oh. it it seems kind of like. You don't need to play the extremist card yet. Wouldn't you be slimy? If it grew out of your skin, that just seems like a slimy thing. Slimy if metal came out of your skin? I get, I don't know. I, I feel like it would be gross. I don't know. Like, is it coming out of you? Are you serious? Like, out of your skin? Like, like the, they're nanobots. Yeah, there's like nanobots inside of his body that basically like come out of his pores. Like, okay, okay. And become the suit. Okay, no, I was imagining like lifting skin for some reason. No, he's not no. Like a fucking transformer. <laughs> <laughs> Avengers roll out. <laughs> so this is the Iron Man extremist. Yeah, extremist, not extremist. Extremist. Thank God. Uh, is something that could really happen because nanobots are. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, I, uh, the the better writers to have taken Iron Man over the year have always kind of like focused on the modern tech in terms of how they portray him. Yeah. So they've always kind of taken like tech that we currently have and then like extrapolated. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Just go beyond with it. Which I mean, most of our technology that we have just comes from like nerds reading or seeing things in their childhood and being like. Right. I want this to be a real thing. Yeah. Right. And they fucking make it. So it shall be it's like done. like we don't get the cell phone without the tricorder. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody wasn't just sitting there being like, I want to make a tricorder for like 20 years, we never would have had a cell phone. <laughs> I just want to talk about aesthetic real quick. I am also really stoked to see his city. Like that whole like mix yes. of like futuristic African like uh, tradition that the outfits, the, the city, the city life just what it looks like like the aesthetic to me I'm like that looks fucking cool oh the movie looks gorgeous yeah. just yeah. hands down like also I'm obsessed with their accents yeah I, that's the thing though is like they, they go as far as just like okay well we, we don't want it to be like oh well we'll just take a specific accent from like you know one region from like the Congo or something exactly right? they're just like let's kind of let us mi- kind of mix things together here and kind of make it believable that it's his own place and that it's also mm-hmm. kind of like this like really almost royal mm-hmm. accent yeah it, it does like and I don't mean and I don't mean to have this come off in any kind of bad way being a white guy but it's just like you know I've, I've grown up I've watched movies like the gods must be crazy mm-hmm. and like Congo and like you know I've heard people with thick African accents who are even taking an accent and playing it up so that dumb white American audiences are like oh look that guy's African but like this version of an African dialect uh, which I'm like Jesse says and I'm, I'm assuming he's correct in saying that it's like it's kind of a homebrew mix um, it does kind of have like the air of like gravitas that like Shakespeare's English has yeah like when it's spoken it has just like that weight and like that uh kind of like power to it that it, it makes you perk up and listen and uh that's that's a really amazing uh vocal trick that they've mm-hmm. employed finally i am i'm i'm looking forward to the music 
I'm looking forward to seeing how that's going to play. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I'm definitely learning that watching these superhero movies, like, I've never been a big rap person. That kind of genre of music's never been a big part of what I listen to. But, like, I mean, Luke Cage had me, like, the music in Luke Cage gets me like pumped like um when we were watching defenders and luke cage came on the scene and like you know the music started playing like i literally sat up on the futon and started going (laughs) 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 so hearing it in uh, black panther i wasn't really sure but then like about like about a minute into it i was like okay yeah no this really fits what they're doing yeah So, yeah, kind of going with the whole, uh, you know, their voice kind of carries like gravitas and just like, you know, you park up and you listen to it. Like, like it actually makes me think of uh, like just like James Earl Jones yep. like, coming to America, like and just him in general. Like he, he speaks like you just. Yes. Yeah. You, you zero right in on yeah. that. <laughs> right. I mean, he's the voice of terror for an entire entire movie series, and like he is just a voice. Yeah, yeah. In Darth Vader, and like you, like we talk about, like his the gravitas of his voice just makes you. I gotta pay attention to what this guy says. If I if I hear nothing else in this movie, that what the big black guy says, I'm listening to. Yeah. <laughs> so then the 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 flip side of you know a Marvel. A Marvel Cinematic Masterpiece. On the other side, we have uh, we have Early Man coming out February 16th. Now from the creators of Wallace and Gromit. I'm excited. I'm really looking. I loved Wallace and Gromit when I was growing up. It was some of the yes. most wonderful animation. And if it taught me anything, it was expression in a character. You know, like we we need this movie right now with all sure. like just like the crazy like blockbuster like action flicks and everything is like being thrown around. Like it is nice to see just like a down home like back to its roots, just claymation, simple comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah. Like I, you know, if anything, it's going to be charming. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Refreshing. And I, I gotta say this. The one thought I had on my mind, and I don't know why this popped into my head like four times watching this trailer, was just like, somebody needs to make a Dilbert claymation. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not even that big of a fan of Dilbert. When I see, like, this animation and claymation style and the character designs, I'm just like, everything looks like Dilbert to me. <laughs> it works. It's it's, a, it's the style. Yeah. Um, But... Damn, like early man just looks it, like you said, charming. Um, I know I'm gonna be a giggly mess because I know me. I'm a dork. I'm a nerd. And when it comes to these kind of movies, I'm a child. I literally revert. Like sometimes, what was the, it was Wreck Your Ralph. <laughs> I'm in the I'm in my seat and Jesse had to tap me every so often because I'm in the seat like <laughs> <laughs> bouncing, bouncing. And I don't mean to. And I and I don't disturb people. I don't ever do that to people. But sometimes it's I I am. I revert back to my childlike whimsical. I guess. I just really hope that this movie does as well as I hope it does because, like, just due to the way that, like, there's such, like, little appreciation. Like, it's just, like, a niche market anymore that they just don't do very well. Like, what was, uh... Uh, Kubo and the Six Strings. Yeah. Kubo and the Two Strings. And the two, strings. Yeah. two Strings. Yes, that is yeah. a great Six? movie. That is fantastic fucking movie. Yeah. And like it, unfortunately, just did fucking like terrible in the yeah. box office. Yeah. But that movie is fucking gorgeous. And that that company Light Motif, I think, is yeah. that they're, they're. I mean, they're doing paper animation. That yeah. Is yeah. Insane. Yeah. No, it was gorgeous. And even before that, like Paranorman was the first claymation to also have overlapping uh, digital effects, like seamlessly. 
Yeah, like that was that was fantastic. If you go behind the scenes, the electrical effects for the witch, they had to make those digital, but they had to make the digital look like claymation. And they did it seamlessly. Awesome. Yeah, I I really hope that early man does very well. I hope a lot of people go see it just because I, I want to I want to keep seeing these types of films. Be yeah, I don't want this media to die. Right. I don't want right. to be written off just like a lost cause. Like, well, this isn't going to sell well, so we're not going to give you the funding for this. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, it's got to be cheaper than CGI still. Mm-hmm. It's got to be. I mean, it's just it hands down like once a figure's built, it's built. Like, not like in CGI where it's like everything is so, like CGI is a lot of animating and like mm-hmm. a lot of uh, a lot of different aspects that you got to balance within a software. And like the differences and I, I don't know this for sure, but I was just assume that like with claymation, you can always dim a light. You can always brighten a light. You can always move something. You can always change something like on the moment in there without having to like boot up a camera tool and. Like, do things like that. So I, I'm with Jesse on this. I would love to see Claymation make a big comeback. I would like to see practical effects in general make a big comeback because I feel like people have gotten so far away from, like, realizing how practical and digital can work together seamlessly that, like, when we get it, it's so it's amazing. And it we end up with things like the Planet of the Apes, the new Planet of the Apes movies. Mm-hmm. And then there are other times where you end up with Justice League. <laughs> Superman's mustache lip. Yeah, you know, and you're just like, how did you fuck this up so bad? Well, it's like, what, what was the the last movie where we like we gave kudos to practical effects because it was such a good way was Krampus. The practical effects in Krampus were great. Yeah, we haven't seen that yet. Mm-mm, it's really damn good. I'm gonna have to let you guys watch it because yeah, the, the, all that was practical. Everything was handmade behind the scenes. They showed us how they made everything. Like everything wow. was just done by strings, like going way back. That's great. Awesome. Yeah. And Adam Scott, so. (laughs) Yeah. Sure. Always a plus. Yeah, hoping Early Man definitely does well, because that that medium does not need to die. Absolutely. So... Well, uh, I think now that we've gone over the uh, the big screen, I think it's time we move on into the uh, the small screen. Yeah, but unfortunately, the small screen, uh, there's not really small screen. Um, there's not a lot, like, with the Netflix originals. February's, like, really dry, um, which is where I was kind of looking for stuff. Like, most of the January stuff's already out. February's a really dry month. So, um, <laughs> one, the only thing that I know that we can talk about is uh, me and you started Black Mirror. Yeah, uh, we're about... We're at the start of season three. Yeah, and it's been it's been fun so far. Definitely a uh, a nice mind fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's been a trip. Uh, I know you guys have kind of started a little bit. I watched the first episode. Mm-hmm. Which is um, a great episode. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. And then Becky went off and watched the rest of the show without me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is fine. I do the same thing to her on other shows. It's true. And I've, I've been like watching a lot of anime and stuff and... Most of the things I watch at this point are kind of absorb ideas for other things I'm doing or working on or thinking about. So, well, since we've Black Mirror just hasn't hasn't hit my uh, my need to like absorb it yet. It's a. I feel like that's a show that you really have to be in the mood for, in the right mindset. Yeah. For because it is so fucked up. 
Yeah. It's not a show that you can put on for background noise by any means. You need to pay attention to it for right. sure. Yes. Um, I, Becky, I know you say the first episode's your favorite. It's my <laughs> least. It really is. It's my least favorite. Like, I, I, I 100% feel that they made that episode to show everybody this is as far as we're taking it. This is the weirdest stuff that we're going to show. It's going to be weird, but this is our, this is our line. Um, I feel like that's what the first episode was supposed to show. I just, and I don't even know if I would necessarily call it my favorite episode, but the reason why I like it so much, um, and it is obviously extremely disturbing, I don't think I'm going to be spoiling anything for anyone because it's the first episode, so many people have talked about it, but you know, just in case you want to watch it and you haven't, spoilers ahead. Um, What I liked about it was towards the end uh, when the princess has been freed before you find it, you know, you find out it's before he even committed the act. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck? Well, like, I just love that moment what I felt when I saw that. Well, it's like, it, it's just like that uh, blonde woman said, like, they were just trying to send a message. Right. Which mm-hmm. is sickening. I'm sorry, it's just sickening. Um, the only thing I was... And it always confuses me. It, it, this this thing, why did he hang himself? Well, no, it wasn't huh? the no. the guy who no had the guy sex that caused him to fuck the pig hung himself. Yeah, probably because if he would have been caught, he would spend life in prison. Fair enough, because he did have, and that was probably yeah. the only thing that he uh, wanted to do in life. That was like the biggest thing for him, I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, on the news channel, they described him described him as like some sort of like really abstract artist or whatever, and right. yada yada yada. Right. So maybe this was his uh, his last hurrah. Yeah, I was, yeah, last hurrah indeed. God. <laughs> Quite a hurrah. The only thing that I think was a, um, cinematically, or the way it was shot, was when they're covering the news of the one-year anniversary of it happening, and the couple is, like, out and about doing their usual, like, oh, he's a minister, so we're gonna do, like, the public feel around and whatever. And they say, uh, I can't quote it exactly, but he's just like, and it looks like, despite that a year ago, he's still going strong, and he's still doing well, which proves that it cannot break a man. And as soon as the door is closed, like, the woman is just, like, heading right upstairs, not looking at him, not talking to him. Obviously, his house life is just completely wrecked for the rest of his life. Right. Which I I have kind of an issue with that because I don't know, as a wife, like if I were in that position, uh and that's the only option that he had to save the princess of their country. I, I feel like it would take a while to, like, get intimate again, for sure, but... Yeah, that's an image you're not going to soon forget. Right, but I, I wouldn't just shut him off from my life. I was going to say, he even said, like, you know, I love my wife and I love my daughter. Like, it's it's not something he wanted to do. Right, that's the thing. <laughs> so I disagree with her position. And I don't know, like, when she tried calling him, like, I didn't blame him for not wanting to talk to her. I mean, he's, like, he just fucked a pig. He He's throwing up, like... Yeah. I, I wouldn't feel like talking to anybody right now, either. No. 
Okay, honey, this is gonna sound weird, but I need you to wear this snout tonight. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> See, then that's when it would be an issue. <laughs> yes. That's, that's when it gets weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, just no spoils, obviously, because Matt hasn't gone that far, but the rest of the series has been pretty nice, and it's even, I actually like it being an, an, an anthology. Like, everything's mm-hmm. kind of its own thing. Absolutely. It looks like season four, which is the one, you know, we're talking about coming out, um, or it is out this month. Yeah. Uh, is completely different. Ooh, I don't like the sound of that. I don't think it's in a bad way, and I, I'm not sure if it's still in the same vein as... I, I think there's still um, the technology aspect to everything, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but they're so... They just look different. Like, the first uh, three seasons are really dark like visually and um and dark source material as well but like the first episode of season four it looks like star trek looks like a, the original star trek right actually yeah. that was kind of confusing for me when i was looking through and me and jesse were about to start and of course it starts you off with the newest season and right. i'm like do i have the right thing yeah <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. They, that could just be, you know, they're on a stage or something. Um, I've, I've actually heard a little bit about that episode from because uh, because it's an anthology. I don't have problems with friends telling me about what an episode is about because they're not really right. linked. Right. So, yeah, he told me about that episode. And it's apparently about a guy who's like a giant, basically like more or less a Star Trek nerd, mm-hmm. super giant Star Trek nerd and uh, basically hates the real world. <laughs> So he creates a virtual reality, like Star Trek themed universe okay. where he's basically kind of God and like is just kind of like putting people from his real life into the, the real into the game world so that he can just mess with them and fuck with them and hurt them. And so it is still technology yeah. based. Yeah. Oh my God. It's Sims. That's interesting. <laughs> well, you know what the Black yeah. Mirror is? Hmm? Black Mirror is our cell phones. Oh, no, I had no, I, I was, yeah. I seriously like never understood what it was. Yeah, um, I never even thought about it. Like, you just look at your cell phone, it's a black mirror. Yes, it is. <laughs> huh, that's interesting. Cool. That's which, which makes sense because like there's definitely a theme of technology in every episode. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's messed up. Um, not, of course, no spoilers, but Matt, um, me, I, I personally really want you, I can't wait till you watch White Bear because that's a good one. Yeah, I'll probably, I'll hopefully, I'll, I'll feel up to starting it soon. I'm, you know, the, the with current circumstances, I kind of try to avoid downers. Right, right, right. <laughs> and they are downers. Yeah. For sure. Uh, just real quick, Becky, you mentioned an actor in uh, White Christmas. What was his name? John Hamm. Where have I seen him before? Is he the really handsome guy? Yep. <laughs> He's, He's really handsome. handsome. He's uh, Don Draper in Mad Men. He's on 30 Rock. Did you guys watch 30 Rock? And I think you should play Booster no. Gold. Okay. Yeah, I can say that. Um, He's got the chin. Like, people say Batman, but no. He's Booster Gold. He's got the chin for that. <laughs> he has got a chin for days. Uh, I just felt like I'd seen him before, but you know what? Now I think about it, I think I'm confusing him with the voice of Kronk. You're confusing his face with a Patrick voice? Warburton. Yeah. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. I can see that a little bit. But John Hamm, he's been... He's been around. He's uh, he's he's been in things you've seen, I'm sure. 
I'm um, sure. He just watch, looked familiar, but it was Did you like, watch, uh, like, uh, Wet Hot American Summer, the series? No. Did you watch, uh, 30 Rock? No, they didn't. Or Parks and Rec? Yeah. Okay, in Parks and Rec, he's, uh, he's, he's in one episode. He's, like, Leslie's handsome assistant. Oh, in the, the yeah. The later seasons that gets fired, like, immediately. Right. Okay. Yeah. Very small role. Yeah, very small role, but... Okay, that's probably where... He's also in Baby Driver. He's, he's the, he's Buddy. Buddy. buddy he's baby. the main bad guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, you the, know the what, that's, that's probably not, actually that's where it. I remember yeah, him. Yeah, the guy that's okay. not Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably exactly where I know him from, because I'm like, it's hard to forget a face like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a very beautiful face. You know what, after seeing him as Buddy in Baby Driver, I can also see him as like a new Punisher. Although I really like... Oh, John Barenthal. I like John Barenthal a lot. I yeah. I love Barenthal. But I'm just saying, like, you know, if they were like, we're going to redo it in the movie universe, I'd be like, if they were like, John Hamm, I'd be like, I'm not disappointed by that. Okay. Yeah. I, I yeah. feel like John Hamm was the only real uh, big name going into Black Mirror that I saw in the first three seasons. Um, but it looks like season four there, they've got some big people who are interested. We'll have to see. Um, I like it when I don't know things and things like this. I don't know. I just, I like it. It's also right. nice where, like, uh, episode two, I believe, of season one, that's the cycling one, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That guy ended up being in one of the funniest horror movies of last year, Get Out. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm really glad that he jumped on the scene. Like, like I said, like, I don't mind seeing actors, but then, like, when I know the actor, like, I'm, my mindset on the actor, like, okay, what role are you playing? How are you playing it? When it's, I don't know anybody, it's like, I can just enjoy everybody. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah, they're, like, on an even keel. Yeah. Becky is the queen of writing off actors because of one role. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I am. <laughs> I'm getting better at it, though. I've welcomed uh, several celebrities back into my back life. Into your life because yeah. you're like, oh, I guess they were supposed to be a terrible person in that one part <laughs> I saw them in. Right. And I don't have to hate them as a human being because of a role they played. <laughs> that just means they were a powerful actor, right? right? Yeah, but you, <laughs> even I'm not like that. Like, I'll hate the character, but I won't blame the actor. <laughs> no, Kristen Bell is like, I think the worst we've ever had it because I've been like, she's not bad. And Becky's like, I hate her. I hate her. I want to like crush her face with a rock and I'm like why is she like a sweet person and she really is but everything I had seen her in I was just like ugh she's the worst she's like boys You'll love her in Fanboys. You really will. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to help Matt with this one. You need to see it. Oh, I, I love Kristen Bell now. I love yeah. her. Since I've seen the videos that she's done with Dax Shepard, <laughs> who also was one of those actors who I was like, wow, I hate you. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. And so they were just... Actors, I was like, he's not bad. They were just the worst couple <laughs> to me. But now they're, I, they're super cute, and I love them. Chris Pratt, the lady from uh, Scary Movie, broke up. Oh, yeah? I just oh. saw that recently. Really? That happened, yeah. like, months ago. I, I don't keep up on that kind of shit. I was just like, oh, I knew that was going to happen the minute one of them got famous again. Well, I, th- <laughs> I feel like that happened around the time that... Um, Oh, what's the space movie that oh, they were Passengers. in? Passengers. When Passengers came out, like shortly after they broke up, right? I feel like Jennifer Lawrence got in there. That girl cannot cannot keep her. She and can't like, keep it uh, in her Kristen pants. Stewart. They cannot keep people together. No, <laughs> they still need to see that. They're a wrecking machine of lives. <laughs> what Passengers? Yeah, it's. I thought it was good. 
I think it needs a re-edit. I think a there's a better be movie good. buried yep. in the edit. There is, but I I saw the potential. I thought it was it was like, decent. I, without spoiling it super much, there is a moment when I, th- I think when you finish Passengers, everybody kind of has the same feeling, which is like, wow, I feel like there was a really good movie in there, but they revealed the twist halfway through the movie. Oh, that's yeah. Nice. So like, you spend the second half of the movie just kind of coasting out the twist that you're like, this would have been so much better if we were building to this instead of coming off this. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, scary uh, movie. Girl. I will say. Uh, as far as uh, like just famous people being in uh, recent Netflix things, um, I heard that I've been hearing hearing a lot of bad things about like Disjointed, which makes me really upset because I love Kathy Bates, and so when I saw that she was going to be in a Netflix yeah. original series, I got excited. I still want to give it a try, but like mm-hmm. I've heard no one say like anything good about it. Oh no! Yeah, That's yeah, I've heard I've heard basically the same thing. Everybody seems to be off on the Kathy Bates disjointed train. That's sad. Yeah. Yeah. We're also big fans of Kathy Bates. Joe, especially. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Joe's a huge Kathy Bates fan. He loves Kathy Bates. Yeah. Yeah. Shouldn't be too close to his mic like I am. (laughs) Huge Kathy Bates fan. Huge. Do you want to roll on into your uh, your next choice here for Netflix Originals? Yeah, so this seems to be a pattern for the last couple of shows. Um, I put something on that everybody enjoys and we can talk about, and then I just put something on there that I want to talk about because it's my taste, and I, and I understand I have a weird, unique taste. <laughs> You're allowed to have whatever taste you want. Uh, the next one is Trolls. The Beat Goes On. I've actually been watching it. It's the spinoff Netflix original from the Trolls movie. Right. Um, it's pretty cute, and honestly, they did that thing where like I they understood that adults are probably going to be watching this with their kids so there's some stuff in there that it's just like it, it caught me off guard <laughs> It's just really cute. They obviously had to, they can't, you know, 3D animate it, so obviously it's in 2D, but the style's actually not as, like, wrenching as some spinoffs can be when they have to, like, do that, when they have to cut back the, you know, the animation. I just like hearing the music, so. There is a lot of singing in there, which isn't annoying, surprisingly. Um, They do sing a lot. Uh, My my thing is, um, I just recently watched an episode. I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Trolls or even remember anything from it. I there's, really want to. It's on our list. Well, there's this tiny there's this tiny yellow troll called Smidge and I I don't know. I'm going to call it an it cuz I can't tell what which one it is, but like um long hair whatever and like he, he just goes, oh, my God, in the movie. Well, they give him a personality, and it's a scary personality in the show. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, God, sorry. Um, in the in the recent episode I just saw, apparently he's never more than 10 feet away from Princess Poppy. And Princess Poppy's like, you, we need to talk about that, but not right now. But you can't just be 10 feet away from me constantly watching everything I do. <laughs> now, is Anna Kendrick still... Uh, a troll in this one and the beat goes on I um have to look it up maybe uh, is she, I'm guessing she's the voice actor of yeah. Poppy she is it Poppy I the only thing I've ever seen from trolls uh, thus far because I haven't watched the movie yet yeah is when she sings the sound of silence okay and I loved it and I was like I need to see this movie because it's trolls mm-hmm. uh, which I grew up with I loved trolls 
loved me some trolls. And um, like I had books. Is it about like treasure trolls? There was like a book the, called the, Too Many Trolls. Like the old stupid treasure troll toys. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, trolls with the hair. Yeah. They made a movie out of that. You didn't yeah, know that? and it's no. supposedly okay, now, really good. And I, no, now, now hear me out, Matt. I was the same way when I heard that they were making a Trolls movie. I was like, what the fuck is this shit? But it's, it's. I own the movie, okay? I own it. I own it. It's a good movie, and this beat goes on series ain't that bad. Yes, but Jacqueline, in, in my defense, okay. you were also talking about getting, like, childishly giddy during Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> Uh-huh. And like bouncing in your seat, like, and I'm not, and I'm not judging you by any standards no. of that. I'm just saying, like, sensibilities are different across people and experiences. And like to me, when you're like, oh, it's a movie about treasure trolls, I'm just like, <laughs> I saw the Lego Movie, and that's all I need of that kind of thing. Okay. Like, if if it's not better than the Lego Movie, I'm really not. I don't even care to court it. The Lego Movie is top. Because that was such a surprise. Top and then the Lego the Batman movie, which I'm not even going to see Ninjago because I've heard not great things about it. Oh. Like I've heard it's, never really been that I've heard it's basically the same movie. Yeah, that's kind of um, what I was worried about with the uh, continuation. That every, every like it basically be, essentially what I've heard is that the Lego movies are now just like a, a, a franchise about bad fathers. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that every movie is ultimately about like a, a bad father figure having to like fix his relationship with his son and that's kind of what all these Lego movies are about and hmm. it just sounds like somebody's got some baggage they're working out yes it does but no and I, I, I'm sh- I like if, if Becky watches the troll movie and is like you have to watch it that's great but uh yeah troll hunters for me okay I get that and I want to see that too that is that is more my speed to be fair um I have to clarify it's not about treasure trolls per se I don't know there might be treasure trolls no. in there no Treasure That's what trolls, we called them when we were kids. Treasure trolls are the ones with the jewels for bellies. Yeah, no. For belly buttons. Oh, These wait. are just regular naked trolls, right? Well, yes and no. Because, like... But no, I, I have to tell Becky this right now. I think I think they may have replaced the belly button jewel trolls with like glitter trolls. Well, no, there there I'm have fine been, with that. There have been glitter trolls. There have been collections. Okay, because um, like you had those weird like giraffe looking trolls that 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 also no, came they out. did that as a joke. Like behind the scenes, they did say that was on somebody's desk, and that's the only reason why he's in there. Right, but I'm just saying that is like a series of trolls. Yeah, that that's came true. Out. I, um, I did have a glitter haired troll. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a I had a couple trolls when I was younger and I also had two VHS tapes that were the trolleys as they refer to themselves in the, in the VHS singing to different popular songs. Okay. Like there was one where uh, someone stole the sun and locked the sun behind this giant door so it was them like on their way to the door to release the sun and the entire time they're singing kind of very along kind of the same lines of this movie they're all singing like you know popular songs on the mm-hmm. way there and then there's another movie like they end up like singing like love train and shit like that <laughs> but there's uh there's another tape that i have where there it, it's just a day in the life of the trolls and there's one troll who does like oh well, this is trolley radio and we're playing all your top hits and it was just them singing probably like songs from the top 40 of that era where the right. tape dropped and it's cute that's that was basically like my entire childhood was like just those two vhs tapes that i watched over and over, over and again over. growing up and i never had a single troll like ever no interest mm-hmm. in them and like just that that must have been like just barely eking out me by years just a year yeah just because i was it was all ninja turtles gi joes transformers 
you know, that's the, then they came out like Conan the Barbarian and Wildcats and X-Men figures and that was all I really wanted. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, like that stuff just been like, I remember my, my sister, my younger sister, my little brothers, them being into it for a brief time, but like, yeah, that was just something I just kind of missed. I don't know, like I said, like, I, I like this movie. So I, I have no nostalgia for it. Right. Well, that's what caught me, though, because I never, I was surprised that you even had those movies, because I was rummaging through your closet one day looking for something. I was like, what are these? I love those fucking days. <laughs> that's why I learned that trolleys come from acorns. Still weird. Born in the acorn Then again, there's Cabbage Patch Kids, so. See, that was something I was familiar with. Again, didn't have any of them, but actually I might have had one that was like a gift from like a grandma or something. Cabbage Patch Kids? Yeah, but I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't I didn't really care for it. Yeah. I don't think many did. Like, you have babies coming from fields. That's a great way to explain <laughs> That's that. That's where babies come from. Yep. True. They grow Harvested. out of the ground. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Troll Beats go on. <laughs> I thought it was nice, and I hope you watch the movie soon, Becky. I will. <laughs> and, if it's, and if it's really good, turn me hip to it. Convince me. I think it's going to be really pleasant. Good time. <laughs> um, so I guess, uh, oh, uh, we talked we, yeah, anime. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't Once again, it. that was a perfect transition, hon. <laughs> <laughs> My brain, like, completely blanked out. <laughs> anime. Look at that fucking scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so... Once again, not a lot out there, so uh, me and Jesse have watched something called The Ancient Magus Bride. Yeah, after, like, Facebook hammering me with this advertisement for, like, weeks, I was like, you know what? It's been months for me, man. Yeah, fuck it, I'm gonna watch it. You know what? Not disappointed. It's very pretty. It is a very whimsical story, basically just, like, a girl who's just, like, fucking fed up with life. I'm not sure exactly what leads up to that, if they reveal it, but she essentially puts herself like up for bid at like an, some like kind of like weird magical auction. Like she's tired of being alone. Like she doesn't care who if like she's bought. She just wants she wants somewhere to call home of some sort at this point. Hmm. And she gets caught. Uh, she gets bought by a uh, by a an, a mage who is uh, ancient and uh, takes her home and takes takes her up as her apprentice slash bride. Hmm. And uh, I, I don't know, like it's it was between the advertisements that Facebook was like hammering me with and all the people who I kept seeing posted online, essentially like wanting to bone the giant like skull headed fuck. And I was like, why does everyone want to bone this guy? And then we're watching the series. And I'm like, you know what? It's pretty charming. OK, <laughs> I would bone this guy. <laughs> I, I was kind of I was kind of apprehensive about it because I thought the art was beautiful looking mm-hmm. um, and all the advertisements and trailers I saw were just gorgeous looking. But like I was like, this looks like a, a really soft romance anime to me, which is just not again in my wheelhouse. Like I don't I don't identify with the life of a Japanese girl. Like, I just can't do that. Like, I have a hard enough time identifying with the life of a Japanese boy because sometimes they do things that I'm like, dude, I've been a loser my whole life and even I would go talk to that girl at this moment, you know? <laughs> um, well, like, it, it, and this is something that, like, kind of bugged me for a little bit when I first started watching it because, like, when I was watching it compared to what I've heard or what I've read, it's like, this is nothing, like, internet, stop ruining stuff. Otherwise, I don't discover things like this. Right. Like, <laughs> I get it. Because it, it, 
it, it's just really adventurous and it is it is charming and it, it has this quote unquote fluff moments but they're not like sickeningly like my teeth are running out of my right. mouth right no and, and I, like, I just don't like for me when I was looking at it I was like the animation on this looks beautiful but I'm worried that if I start it it's just going to be a lot of like sparkly eyed girls like being sparkly eyed with like flowers and stuff all over the place and like everything's going to be all like poet like like not good poetry but like teenage girl poetry you know right like i'm making a clear distinction there that like it's not like women can't be great poets because they certainly can sure and i've known several of them but uh like i just didn't want it to be like oh it's another it's the anime twilight is what i was basically afraid of it being right and uh like you know so getting your guys' recommendation does help me kind of like open yeah. the door to that a little more yeah it helps <laughs> it, it helps me too because i Seeing the advertisement, uh, also thought it looked very beautiful, but I was so confused <laughs> as to what what the story was and what was going on. Um, I'm glad you guys cleared it up a little bit. Yeah. It, it's pretty funny. Like, it, so it gets it gets kind of wrapped up in the first episode, but like they mentioned it a few times in the in the trailer, and they'll mention it a, probably about a dozen times in the first episode before they finally get into it. Referring to her as a uh, a sly beggar, slay beggy, uh, uh, slay beggy. Thank you. My and God. it actually <laughs> butchered that. Like your transitions. <laughs> oh. uh, but they mention it like tw- like a dozen times before, like finally, me and Jackie the Sandra was like, "What the fuck is that?" And like literally, like right there, like they explain it. I'm just like, hey, "Okay, <laughs> there you go." Now we got it. And if anything, like if you guys start this, I I would bet money that Becky's gonna have the same reaction as you. You like you like the show, I understand. What he likes the most are the animals, the little whimsical there's, creatures. There's all creatures everywhere. Oh my god. Uh, it spoils nothing. There's a like little like axolotl or like salamander. Like I say, a little like it's actually it's like a dog sized, and like he just like no, nothing important. Just will just like periodically like show up and like crawl into like a character's lap or like on their shoulder or just like be walking in the back. I'm just like I fucking love him. <laughs> like he just salamander. It's like a big salamander or axolotl like, yeah, kind the, of thing. Yeah, the axolotl with the whiskers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But he just okay. he just wants attention. That's all he wants. Like I'm here. That's adorable. I love him. I Our, like the sheep's. The little bug sheep. The little bug sheep. Yeah, those are really neat. <laughs> are they yeah. bugs or are they sheep? They're yes. they're sheep bugs. <laughs> they're like like they're okay. sheep's about this big. They have six sheeps. tiny little legs and they have uh, six wings. They have like and they six like around. dragonfly wings. Whoa! Yeah, they just, like, fly around. All right, that's yeah. cool. Right on. So, I mean, the creatures and the design of these are really nice because it, it delves really deep in, like, uh, fairy lore and things like that. That's cool. Okay. I'm interested. Well, then I'd watch that. I'd We're going to have sheep one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully. Oh, you guys are cat lovers. Episode three and four, watch out. <laughs> oh, no. Well, cat death. We've also seen Night of a Thousand Cats. I'm sure we'll be fine. Oh, my. No, you guys will like episode three and four. I just want to give you guys heads up that there are two cat eccentric like, oh. the episodes. There's the, the cat center. Oh, I thought you were like, look out, like cats are about to die. Which could happen. It could We've happen. We've seen Night of a Thousand Cats. We'll be fine. Yes, yeah. where actual cats probably died. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Milo and Otis? Oh, no. <laughs> Pretty much. Which that happened as well. <laughs> Lots of no, times. No animal protection laws for that movie. <laughs> no, House of a Thousand That's Cats. That's why you go to the like, Czech Republic to film it. <laughs> House of a Thousand Cats is uh, 
It's a Spanish movie, movie about a whole bunch of cats, and it's Spanish, and it's a horror movie, and uh, cats are doing so many things they shouldn't be doing in those well, in that movie. Well, number one, <laughs> they don't have a thousand cats, so the movie's a lie. But it doesn't <laughs> matter like, because when you sh- see like the 90. sheer when you see the sheer number of cats they've crammed into like a small space, and they just keep throwing like raw meat in there and they're obviously all hungry and fighting for food. Yeah. Oh, it's disgusting. Terrible. It's messed up. No. It's also a really bad uh, Hugo Stiglitz movie. Mm. <laughs> really bad. There's Don't watch half it. Half the movie is just him flying around in a helicopter pointing at things. <laughs> so weird. It's so weird. Like it's, it's literally about this guy who has a castle that just has like a room with a thousand cats in it. <laughs> and he has a helicopter Although his castle is super falling apart. It's just like an old horror, like Dracula castle like thing. So why yeah. he has a helicopter and a falling apart, it's like prioritized a little bit. And he just flies around the beaches, like picking up women and then just bringing them back and feeding to, them to his room of cats. Lord. <laughs> it's interesting. But anyway. Yeah, next on the list. <laughs> uh, that would be Devil Man Cry Baby. Now, I've started this, and I'm like two episodes and then halfway through episode three of it. I think I'm on like episode four, maybe. I think I'm, yeah, I'm about in the same place as y'all. Three yeah. episodes in, I believe. And then Jesse has it. I've watched none of it, but I, I'm rather familiar with the, the original Devil Man series, so. I mean, if, if it's anything like the original one, I'm sure it's just... Off the fucking wall. No, zero to ten, zero to a hundred first episode. It's also it's got a lot of the same kind of story beats as the original, mm-hmm. um, so you, you're you're already familiar with the story for the most part. Right. But they, they have kind of streamlined it and cleaned up the like muddied mythology of it a little bit. I mean, it makes sense from a series that like dropped in like the early like '80s original. Right. Day, so. Yeah. Well, like, it's new to me because, like, I mean, you guys had, like, a basis. I This is, like, literally my first, like, delve into some, this thing. So I have no idea. Well, I was, like, kind of passively interested. Like, it's not, not like I hadn't planned on watching it, but I was kind of, like, passively interested in it until literally yesterday when I'm scrolling through Netflix and see that they have up uh, Cyborg 009 versus Devilman. So I'm, uh, I'm even more intrigued in watching so that I can... You know, just carry on into that, which I need to also get around to rewatching or watching the new Cyborg 009 series yeah. to see how it compares to the old ones. I'm not familiar with Cyborg 009, but uh, I know that Cyborg 009 versus Devilman was out before the new Devilman. Um, but uh, the new Devilman, I think the thing that attracts me the most about it is it does feel like one of the OVA 80s animes that I grew up with. Like mm-hmm. the, 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 monster designs are very Vampire Hunter D reminiscent to me. Mm-hmm. They just feel like that era of like just give them big fangs and make them weird yeah. proportioned and like I, I just dig that. I, I like, like the monsters. Yeah. yeah. Works. Are they cute? No. Sometimes. But they also <laughs> creep me out. Right. As they should. Yeah. Um, a lot of that show creeps me out obviously. It's as got it a should. creepy flavor to it. It's got a very creepy flavor. The only thing I don't like about the animation and I know this has been done in other animes but you know I'm a noob so I'm not really familiar but the the running No, like that's the running that, that's 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 not just that's <laughs> 
That's <laughs> anime. It's just a thing. It's just a thing. It, well, it, it, it's <laughs> not all anime will be like that, but like I, I laughed, but I also like kind of cried a little bit when I saw that because Devil Man Cry Running is the new Naruto running. There's always something to make fun of, and that just happens to be Devil Man's make fun of thing. Okay. That's why it caught on because like when the Naruto run came out, everybody was making fun of it. Like who the fuck runs like this? Yeah. And that's basically what that is. All right. Well, also the limbs are too long. Well, that's a that's a that's a thing in anime you see from time to time. Just it seems like some people are more apt to use it than others. But something I don't really like is when they do those like warped character model fights. Mm-hmm. Like um, I remember back in the days of like uh, I want to say it was maybe one of the Street Fighter OVAs or like the Fatal Fury OVAs from the nineties. Like every time they would go into a fight scene, their limbs would like turn into rubber. And I would just be like yeah, so annoyed by that because it I was like, you have these beautiful, yeah, you have these beautiful character models, and then an effort to just kind of like gloss over the animation, you just have them turn into rubber band fighters for a second. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I will say, I as weird slash serious as some of the stuff is, I get a lot of enjoyment out of the uh, polar opposite attitudes of Ryu and Akira. Because um, Ryu being the blonde, Akira being the dark-haired one. And just like, it's not a spoiler, but the scene where like Akira's like, God, these hamburgers are really good. You need to eat. And Ryu's like, I don't want to eat. He just shoves the burger in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I was really confused for a second, you know, me not having seen this. And you refer to a Street Fighter character, Akira. And I was like, hold on, what, what the uh, fuck are we talking about uh, right now? Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, but like, yeah, their dynamics pretty pretty funny to me. Yeah, I don't Ryu think it's... Ryu is uh, quite the sociopath. Yeah, I, I don't think things are going to end up sunny in that relationship by the end of this. No. Knowing the know. previous devil man incarnations. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Not knowing, I can tell. <laughs> yeah, those, those two are eventually going to be at odds. Yeah. Uh, especially once you start meeting some of the people, the other people around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's great. So, yeah. So, yeah, I gotta get you to watch it. I'm sure I'll get around to it. Uh, if I may kind of spring it up on you guys, uh, last time we were here, we had you watch uh, Your Name. Oh, oh my God. Do we? <laughs> I think we talked about that at length on our show, didn't we? We talked about it quite a bit. Yeah. It was, it was my pre-recommendation. Yeah. And I, and I let you have that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did. Because it was the same week Critical Role came out. That's a new. movie I want to get and, like, give to people. Like, I would I would go buy, like, five copies of that just, like, here. Here, have this. something beautiful. Yes, have something beautiful and watch it. Oh, so amazing. Yeah, you guys have brought up... You guys, like, we have you to thank for, our, like, for Becky's interest in anime alone. And for my kind of, like, oh, there is good stuff out there. I just needed people to, like, kind of point me in the right direction to get through all the crap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Full Metal Alchemist we just started, and I think that's... Number one, it's broken my rules of subs, not dubs. Like, uh, I'm, I'm totally up for the dubbed version of FMA. Yeah, dubs, not subs. Yeah. Actually, that's the funny thing. Like, a lot of the, the anime that I will recommend to people are mostly, like, ones that, like, the English voice act, acting crew, like, fucking nailed it. Like, like, uh, Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. Basically, anything that like Steve Bloom ever fucking touched, so like Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo and uh, Ron- well, Roni Kenshin wasn't Steve Bloom, but Roni Kenshin still fantastic. I mean, more recently, Boku no Hero. Yeah, uh, yeah, My Hero Academia. I mean, I'm willing to watch that in English or Japanese. So. Yeah, that's a trade off right there. I watch it in any fucking language. Like that, 
I've gone on at length about that anime on multiple episodes. So My Hero Academia is one of the best things you guys have shown me. Um, I I really love that show. That show just hits on all like the notes I want. Uh, It's it's got great characters. It's got complex morals. It's got it's it's it takes its audience seriously enough Mm -hmm. to like allow things to be kind of morally gray. Like, I, I love that about that kind of stuff. I think I think that's the thing about anime that ultimately will always kind of attract me to its animated properties a little stronger than English properties, Western properties, is that anime seems like the Japanese culture seems to have a lot more understanding of the gray areas of morality. Mm-hmm. And like uh, they understand when uh, when you when you put things into black and white terms, ultimately, uh, the gray is what becomes the real center of everything. Yeah, and like just character like Stain that we were talking about earlier um, from My Hero Academia, who has such a complicated morality, but is so visceral and understandable that like when he explains his side of things, you're like, you're clearly a damaged individual, but you know what? You're not fucking wrong. Right. Like your viewpoint is exactly 100% right on the money. You're just going about it in the wrong fucking way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. um, It's kind of like the Griffith did nothing wrong argument for Berserk. Right. You know, it's like, from a certain standpoint, you can see how, like, Griffith was just trying to do what he thought was right, mm-hmm. and he just, he got played. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait for you to watch some more. And I will. I will. I actually just got volume one of the manga, because I know I'm safe. I want to buy the manga so bad, because the manga's so far ahead. It really, it really, really is. Like, something just boomed recently, and I, like, had to, like, shut off my computer. I was like, no! No! It's crazy just how much, like, quicker, like, the manga progresses through it, because, like, the end of the first manga, like, they're, like... Episode six. Yeah, they're basically, like, six episodes into the series, just at the end of the first book. Wow. So, like, it progresses really quick in there. Yeah. So, and, like, they even said it in the anime, this isn't a spoil, but they even said, like, one of the episodes, like, next up, next episode is completely filler. It isn't, basically, they're, like, the next episode is an anime-exclusive story. (laughs) Storyline. Would you know what, though? It was good. It's still fucking good. It, it, It still had depth. That's all that matters, man. I think I think when you when you have a show that's like that with a diverse group of ca- interesting characters that all have kind of like clear-cut sensibilities about them, you can get away with those kind of filler things where you just let characters be characters within the space for half an hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Food wars. Food wars, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's happened. Yeah. That's a lot of food wars now this season. Yeah. A lot of food wars this season. People sitting around talking. I wonder if they're just trying to get their ducks in a row for next season. I think they've really caught up to the bank. <laughs> uh, yeah, that could be a tend problem. to happen. Yeah. Anyway, as long as they keep the quality. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Full Metal Alchemist did that, and they still punked out a damn good series. Yeah. Yeah. But the good thing is they went back and they redid it. Like, you know, like, start to end. Here's the manga with Brotherhood. Uh, series that haven't done that was uh, Negima, who... The, the manga got like six issues out and they're like let's make an anime immediately caught up and they're like oh well fuck and then made a fucking shit show out of what is what what is my favorite manga to ever be released and they've never gone back and gave it like a proper send off and that is like one of my biggest disappointments in like my entire life is that after, like they've gone back they've made there was the original anime series which was shit there was a second try at an anime series that had nothing to do with like the story at all 
and just made a complete like mockery of like all the characters. There was a live action series that they tried making, which was also just fucking terrible. And like after all this time, like they just like the, the source material was there. Just just do it. Just pull the fucking Watchmen and just make like shot for shot of the fucking manga. Right. Just get yeah. this shit out there so I can watch it and be satisfied and be laid to rest without any regrets <laughs> in my life. <laughs> oh man, I kind of feel the same way because I feel like we're never gonna get to like Mira's end of Berserk in right. anime because it's like the story's been going on for twenty five years or whatever, and like they just keep retelling the same first like four arcs over and over and over again, and like judging by the last. Berserk, the the new the most incarnation, which is like, it's fine for what like if you're mean, you just love the story, like you'll get through it. the The bad animation and like the weird choices will like you'll you'll survive. But like, there's this part of me that's just like, man, like, have you opened the fucking book? Right. Because it's beautiful and still, and like it makes sense that you can have things play out in still shots. You don't always have to have random movement going on. Like we've been watching anime for a long time. We're used to still shots on frame right like that's fine there's a there was an old anime that they've remade numerous times or an old like manga uh but it's Giver. yes yeah which yep. is fucking awesome and literally every time they've gone back and remade that series it's gotten better right. but like no one fucking watches it so like they'll put like a season on and be like oh well this isn't really making us money let's not make let's not right. keep going it's like you motherfuckers <laughs> Rude. Each time I think like, okay, this is this is the chance. Like, there's been like four series and the live action movies too. Yeah, and like each time, like it'll do like pretty well over there, and then it comes to eight sides. It's like, well, no one watched it. We're not gonna keep going with it. Yeah. Like, God, and, fucking damn it. And it's like one of those things, like kind of like Fist of the North Star, where it's like an update wouldn't be a bad idea. Like, mm-hmm. like especially now that pe- like clearly we're at a point now where like you don't have to do the Fist of the North Star from the '80s. Like, you can do something that like is a little less like. We gotta make it so Americans understand it, you know. Like it's Bruce Lee in the war in the Road Warrior. Just make that fucking show, and yeah. we'll enjoy the shit out of it. <laughs> Sounds awesome. I, I yeah, be... it's Bruce Lee as Mad Max, and he knows pressure point kung fu and makes people explode with his pressure point <laughs> kung fu. It is the most amazing thing in the world, and has the worst live action adaptation, which is still worth a friggin' watch, yeah. just because it's so ridiculous and Malcolm McDowell is. So so over the top, but like it is just it is one of those Malcolm things. Malcolm McDowell, yes, is the bad guy. It is it is an amazing piece of like B movie heaven. Uh, yeah, I'd watch it. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm a big B movie fan. You <laughs> like, know, like ba- basically, Fist of the North Star is just a guy who can do whatever the fuck he wants with his fists. Yes. Yeah. One of my favorite series is where he basically punches a guy in pressure points that makes him have to walk backwards. And he just, like, walks himself off a building and dies. <laughs> like, all right. It definitely, it, it almost got, like, a, a Superman syndrome in that it's just, like, we're going to give him the ability to do whatever the fuck he needs to do and deus ex machina the shit out of this fight. Yep. But you know what, though? No one gives a fuck because it's just that over the top. And we're like, we're, yeah. we're not surprised by it. We're expecting to see what the fuck is he going to be able to do in this episode. And right. they do such a good job. And in the show, they did such a good job of building uh, Kenshiro up as like this dude who's just Superman like and can do fucking anything. And like the plot will always bend to what he wants it to do until you hit about episode five or six. And then somebody shows up that fucks up Kenshiro's day. And suddenly you have fucking stakes. Yeah. And, like the show suddenly from then on out is like, Oh 
shit. There's like real shit happening. It's not just gonna be this guy running around blowing people's heads off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a nice slice of uh, nostalgia pie that uh, yeah. you you should go ahead and get a slice of. Right. As well as you. Yeah. Um, well, like the only thing I've seen of Fist of the North Star is him blowing up Cell. <laughs> that that <laughs> is Bridge amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. Bug man. Homeless man. Are you going to eat that? <laughs> Do you mind if I eat that? <laughs> Did anybody know. tell you that you're an asshole? Did you already know that? <laughs> you are so dead. No, you are again already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. So, so good. I saw that. You saw that? I yeah. seen it. Oh, you I seen it? Mm-hmm. I seen really it. That's real funny. I'm actually kind of happy. Like when you talk about more anime than I thought. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you gotta keep it rolling. It's not right. a bad thing. Right. Let the good times roll. No, it's not. Like I said, like I'm just surprised because like last month I felt like I I, I told you the list had like 50 new animes coming out in just January. I had to pick like four of them, just do it. And this month it's like there's like maybe one. I'm like, oh okay, we're <laughs> it suddenly went dry. <laughs> But we kept it alive. We got it. We got it. <laughs> Trank of the rolling all night long. <laughs> so did you find yourself any uh, good comics in the last uh, last month or so? No, like I have comic themed stuff that I've been doing. God but I have damn it, hon. Hey, listen, you could read too. That's for fucking nerds. Uh, <laughs> I've been wanting to get back into comics, uh, but I'm just like, at this point, I feel like I'm so far off all the continuities that I'd be spending so much money to get caught up and <laughs> all this nonsense that I'm just like, uh, I'm going to have to wait for like the next giant universal reboot, I guess, because I started Rebirth and then I fell off it. <laughs> just go to the Wikipedia. You're yeah, fine. that's what I have to do. <laughs> do the that's cliff what, notes. That's what I do. Like when I, if I ever like, pick up like a comic book of anything, I'm just like, well, well, that's just fucking sweet. I'm not entirely sure what's happening. I just go on the fucking Wikipedia and just like read up to that point and be like, great, okay, that's what I missed. We can carry on. Honestly, I think one of the best comics I've read in the last year is uh, The Strange Tale of Luther Strode. If you guys haven't read that, that is a crazy book. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, it's about a guy who basically gets a, kind of the all-for-one from My Hero Academia mm-hmm. in a certain way. Um, this is this nerdy guy who gets this uh, this power that just makes him, like, super strong, but it also makes him, like, uncontrollably violent. And there are other people in the world who have the same power, and they're basically all out trying to... It's like Highlander, but, like... It's just a nuts, super ultraviolet, but kind of like deep morality book that I think everybody, uh, everybody with a with a, a strong stomach for violence and a, uh, a good head for philosophy can get behind. Right, I can dig it. Actually, um, just because you mentioned uh, my hero, just one more time, uh, the the artist of my hero has mentioned that if he could cross over uh, uh, my hero academia with anything, it'd be Spider Man. Yeah, that's the thing. Like the, the creator is like a massive fucking nerd, and he's constantly doing like fan art of other series yeah. or like mixing with his own. Yeah, that's interesting. So I would watch Spider Man and My Hero Academia. <laughs> yeah. I think I he'd get his ass kicked <laughs> like immediately. Well, but. like the fan art I saw recently of that was like he was like hanging on a wall with Sue, the frog girl, who was right. sticking to a wall. Like I, I think it's I think it's really neat when like people who make books and admit like I'm this nerdy and I'm nerdy for this. <laughs> if anything in the ser- if anything ever happens to Sue in this series, I'm going to be 
incredibly fucking upset. I know, she's your waifu. She is, like, the light of my life. <laughs> Absolutely innocent, fucking pure summer child. There are characters like that, man. Uh, A comic got killed has a character that if you've seen the show, you know who I'm talking about. And when they kill her off, I was like heartbroken. Like I was like, I was in mourning for like a solid episode of just like, I can't believe they just did that to me. That was like some Game of Thrones level pull the rug out from under me shit. It's always really nice when they can do that. And it's not nice. uh, That's the problem. It's not nice. It's really nice. It's a fucking dick move. I'm okay. I I say that as being somebody working on their story, and I'm hoping to have a character to have that effect. <clears throat> yeah, I'm gonna be that person. <laughs> so I can appreciate when writers or uh, cartoonists can do that because <laughs> it's not easy. Yeah, I mean, getting attached to one of your own characters and then killing them off takes some balls. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Like, no it's, matter um, what medium. Well, that's why I got so mad at Kishimoto um, during. There's a character named Guy, and they go through the backstory of his father using this ultimate move that legitimately, if you open the eighth gate, you die. There is no going past go. There is no reverse. There is nothing like that. You die. And his father used it to save him, and so he decided to use it to save his friends and his family, the people he cared about. And he was going to die, and it was going to be sad. But it was like it was like it was the it was the best death for him. They had set it up, and then he fucking comes in with his main character, and it's like Jesus, no jutsu, you're healed. Like super hard to follow that with no context sorry. or background. Uh, <laughs> people who listen, like you that know was, what I'm talking about. Yeah, that was about, just but. like to me. That was just a list of things. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was just like, and then this character is this person, and there's a gate, and there's a wall with a door in it, and a mouse with a, a house who has a key to a lock that's all fit in the corner. And I'm just like, she's talking about something here really means a lot to her. I'm just going to let her get through it. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, like, it's, it's, that's all Greek to me. I don't yeah. have many buttons. That's one of them. <laughs> It's a very specific button. Right. <laughs> very poor writing on the uh, the creative part. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but I just, yeah, I can't stand having stuff like that when they kill them for no reason. And then bring them back for, yeah. even, le- for even less of a reason. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of like, because I, I pretty much followed what she said, even though I didn't know what was going on. Uh, but it's kind of like in The Last Jedi... When you think Finn is going to sacrifice himself. Oh, super spoilers. <laughs> oh, who hasn't seen The Last Jedi? No, I'm not, I'm not arguing with you. All right, just saying. Uh, spoilers. You think Finn is going to sacrifice himself. And you're like, okay, this is a good ending to this character. Yeah, like, yeah. okay, if yeah. he's got to go, this is the way to do it. And it then... makes sense thematically and plot-wise. He's learned to stand for something larger. Yeah. After two movies of having the same exact plot line. Yes. And then... Nope. It doesn't happen. Mm-mm. No, that's that's exactly the feeling. You get it built yeah. up, there's a reason behind it, and you take it away. And then the yeah. best part ever, which is me turning into, like, Robert De Niro from Cape Fear in the theater, where they're like, we don't win by saving the things we... by killing things we hate, but by saving things we love. I'm like, that laser gun is still gonna blow the shit out of your base. You've accomplished nothing except giving you enough time to get a kiss and watch your friends die. I was gonna say, except you <laughs> forgot Rose's line, give me a kiss. My God. What an 
awkward kiss too. Just an yeah, awkward just... movie. Just <laughs> I, I, I I was talking to Mike at length last night. People who don't know our show, and I don't even really talk about Mike. Mike's a friend of mine from film school. <laughs> yeah. And we were talking about it. He really likes Last Jedi, but he, he ultimately he is my favorite person to have movie conversations with where we disagree because we always end up seeing the other side of the story. Right. Like we always see the other person's perspective. But like this is like the one conversation where I won where he just got to the end of the movie and he goes. Yeah, he goes. Now that, now that I hear you talk about it, he goes. There, there really was a lot of like pride in Ryan Johnson in this movie, and I'm like, yes, exactly. Like, he brought, he came into this movie with like, he too, too close to it personally. He's too big of a Star Wars fan that he couldn't make a movie for everyone. He had to make a movie that was just for him and only included the stuff that he wanted. And when he ended up making it, to me, it's the Zack Snyder Watchmen version of Star Wars, where it's like. He clearly loves Star Wars, but I don't think he gets it. I don't think he gets what makes Star Wars Star Wars. Right. Like, people who want to say, like, oh, you're just mad because the Skywalkers aren't the central story. It's like, Yoda never looked like a Skywalker to me. Mace Windu never seemed like a Skywalker to me. Kiari Mundi never seemed like a a Skywalker to me. I understood there were other Force users out there. That doesn't bother me. What bothers me is a complete betrayal of everything I had spent my entire life being invested in so that you could say, from here on out, no movie before or after this will be untouched by my pride. And that's what I have a problem with The Last Jedi with. But you guys did have a, like an entire episode about The Last Jedi, right? Yeah, yeah. already. we, we so. talked about it with uh, our, my bro, Troy. Yeah. Yeah, I won't, I won't Shout out to you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean... Yeah, good writing, bad writing. Uh, comics, are, comics are tough. Com, just making a story that people will like, and I think that's what I'm starting to learn is kind of letting go of a couple of things, because I've I've been caught up in a lot of things where Jesse's had to like pull me away and be like, you cannot explain everything, you cannot make everybody happy. Yeah, and you have to keep it kind of open to the to the reader. Mm-hmm. And that's sometimes really hard to do. I disagree with that. I think it's okay to take a reader on a journey, to take them by the hand and just show them where you want them to go. Well, there, yeah, there's, absolutely. There's very different styles. I mean, there's the kind of style where it's like, here's something that's open to interpretation. Please get on the train and look out the window and tell me what you see. And then there's the kind of thing that's like, get on the train because I'm about to take you someplace. That's true. Yeah. And I guess, I don't know. I, I've i never written a comic book, but I have written. Right. But that's just storytelling. Yeah. No. Yeah, I agree. No, you're right. I guess my my fear is like pandering to your audience sometimes because that can, that can, I think that can ruin something real quick. It all comes down to what you're comfortable doing because yes, you can absolutely just like leave things open for interpretation and let the fans kind of, and let the fans or readers just like say like, oh, I think this is why this happened or you can literally explain to like, this is what this is and this is what it means and how, yeah. like why it happens this way but you're not obligated to do one or the other or both or right. either really like it, it is overall it's your story you just have to make sure that the what you leave in the story regardless of which way or what you decide to do is enough to connect the points of what your story are like you can't like leave it so open open ended that like they're just dropped into something with zero explanation whatsoever. Yeah, I think I think the best advice you've given me is like set rules for this universe. Like this is how this works, and you can't step out of those. Yeah, basically that, that's the thing. Like as long as like you set up this universe, as long as you understand the rules of this universe that you're making, and you don't break those rules, 
like that puts you in a good story like that puts you in a good in a good role basically that makes you as the god of that universe you understand how everything in there works and everything that you write there will not go beyond those rules then everything that you put inside that circle should more or less kind of connect the dots yeah i one of the hardest lessons for me in storycraft learning throughout the years was that there's a difference between setting plot and character um, setting is where your story takes place. Uh, plot is what your character wants to achieve or what is standing in their way of them achieving. And character is what creates an actual story. Like, character is the most found foundational moment of storytelling because it's the thing that we latch on to. Like, it's easy to say, this is a story about a guy who has to go get his lost dog. But when you describe why he needs that dog, then the plot becomes relevant. Then everything becomes something. So, like, I remember seeing... Um, because we're humans. Yeah, it was, well, it was a diagram where somebody drew a... Uh, they drew, like, a staircase, and they wrote, like plot on the staircase and like that stick figure ascending the staircase and they said this is what most people think a story is you know right and then they drew a like a a a stick figure that was like like basically busting out of a structure like a pagoda type structure like a, like some weird uh, Baba Yaga creature and uh, they were like this is what a story is it's a character too large like a character growing too big for the confines of his own world it's a character growing too big for his own space and stepping out into a larger world that's just, that was one of the hardest things I remember having to learn in storytelling is that it's not enough to just have things happen to a character you have to have a you have to have the character make choices that determine why things happen. You have to have a character that uh, it has agency within their own story to change things and affect things for good or bad or, you know, for good or bad. And that's just like, that's what makes a story, you know, the, the classic example of Spider-Man. You know, if Peter Parker doesn't go off to become the wrestler and doesn't let, let the criminal go and Uncle Ben never gets shot, he never becomes Spider-Man. But it ultimately all comes back to his choices that made that end up in his own creation. Right. So, uh, yeah, that's 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 something I think um, that's, that's one of the that's one of the reasons I think so many stories nowadays are not like in terms of plot writing and movies and stuff. When I go to see a movie, I have more gripes with people about it because I'm like, it's just a series of things happening to characters, but the characters aren't actually doing anything. Hmm. Like Jurassic World, where I'm like, none of these character choices make any. Like, uh, you, you could literally just have the characters sit in the same place and one for like Indiana Jones is the, the the best example of a movie that should not work because in Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones could literally just sit in a tent the whole movie and the movie would play out exactly as it plays out because the Nazis will always make the mistake of opening the Ark of the Covenant and killing themselves. So <laughs> Indiana Jones doesn't really have to do anything in that movie, but we want him to do things because he's the, he's the end, you know, but like nowadays we end up where in a lot of storytelling where uh, characters are just kind of like, they literally could just sit in a room because the things that are going to happen are just going to happen out of plot convenience and are no longer happening because a character is making a choice or anybody wants anything. Right. That was deep, man. I get I roll deep on story. 
<laughs> no, but that's thing. really good. That's why I've been like, <laughs> I kind of ask you for advice. Like, Matt, what do I do? <laughs> just, yeah, just stay true to your characters. I think your characters always have a more interesting story than you have to tell. Right. Like when you when you know who your characters are and you know what they want and you know what they need and we sometimes you know things they want that they don't know they want and sometimes you know things they need that they don't know they need but like ultimately the more you feed into them and just let them realistically speak through you the more you find like character becomes easier and easier to write which is still something I'm trying to learn like I was just talking like talking to Mike the other day I was saying that like the reason I haven't wrote many scripts these day, these last couple of years is because I got to a point where I realized that every character started to sound like me too much like even if I was writing them in different dialects or different voices or different character personalities ultimately their like philosophies and their like attitudes about things were too shaped by my own shit so I had to step back you and need to separate yeah I had to separate myself from that and I had to start looking into other people's personalities a little harder Right. And that's where I'll end my little rant. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, I guess one more thing that's uh, comic-related conventions. Uh, recently uh, tried to... I recently put some apps up uh, trying to go to ColossalCon. Fortunately, it didn't work out. Um, I am on the waiting list, but they're probably not going to drop 25 people before they get to my name. Aww. So <laughs> I'll try again next year. They, they have my money either way. ColossalCon's my fun con. I just figured I'd at least yeah, try. Yeah, we're, we're going to go to ColossalCon regardless. Like, whether or not she was selling wasn't like the make or break of it. Right. right. Yeah. It was going to be real fun. And I know you guys have talked about like convention four. you mentioned, uh, Oh my God. Am I really blanking on him mm-hmm. right now? Yeah. Wizard world. Uh, Stan Lee's going to be there. Yeah. yeah. Cleveland, Cleveland wizard world. Yeah. Which Jesse asked me if maybe we wanted to go, but then like those tickets is what makes me go. Ooh. Right. I know. Unfortunately. They're pricey. It was at Wizard World. As much as I loved the con when we went, it was kind of like a. Just, it's everything's going on all at once. You can't really focus on any one thing, right? Yeah, I mean, and it, you know, you have to spend a good, like, a decent amount of money for the tickets, and then all their really is is buying things right. once you're in there and the food's really expensive and you can meet some of the celebrities but unless you have money you can't get their autograph or their picture and they really don't want a lot to do with you if you don't have money to spend it depends on the celebrity it depends on the celebrity michael rooker oh you're sweet yeah. He was awesome. Yeah. And he did not care that we didn't have money to get henry, him henry winkler gave us the gentle brush aside very gentle. He was kind, but yeah, he was kind. But he was just like, he "Oh, you don't have money. any money. Thank you for the nice words, and please move along." <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, that was a little disappointing, but yeah. Um, I, 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 there, there's was definitely cool. a big difference. There's a big difference with um, either working at a con or being at a convention, and it also depends on the convention too. To be a hundred percent honest, because like we like this is what like my fifth year at Colossal. Something like that. Um, and I've always, like, had a good time. And I, I admit that it can be a lot to do. But then again, I'm also somebody that can spend, like, hours in the artist alley room and talking to the people there and what they're up to and stuff. And then, like, I usually spend my time in the gaming room. Yeah. Um, I end up with, like, the same four booths over and over trying to decide what I'm going to put my money on. Yeah. <laughs> so I just wander between the same four things being, like, maybe that, maybe that, maybe that. This is like my tenth year at Colossal Con. Yeah, Jeez. You're, it's, been you're... A, it's been a few years. <laughs> been going for a while. I think so. 
So yeah, the first time I went, it was at a, I was at a double tree out in Beechwood, and uh, like, so when I was there, it was amazing. It was my first convention. A lot of nerds everywhere. Pe- people like me, I can relate to these people. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm socially awkward and like anime. Uh, looking back at it, though, oh my god, what a shithole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy that they're at the Kalahari, though. Like, it's always been a good time since then. They're and getting too big for it, though. Yeah, That's a surprising like, thing. I'm not sure what Kalahari... Like, here's the thing. Kalahari does not want to let Colossal Con go. Because they make a shitload of money oh, off sure. of it. So I'm curious to see what's going to come of this. Because, you know, like, they already, like, expanded the convention center specifically because of Colossal Con. Like, they made it about twice as big as it was. And we're almost, like, at capacity again. Um, and wow. Yeah, but... It's the water park, yo. It's the water park, and it's just... It's the nerds. Yeah. I, I'm, I am curious there to see what happens. There are too many nerds for Kalahari. You know how big Kalahari is? Trust me. I mean, it's the water park. Like, I'm, I'm not saying, like, people don't come for the con, but, I'm like, having a con at a water park is pretty badass. Especially, yes. with, like, as of last year, they opened up those four new slides, and that was, right. like... Yeah, and then that. you got your midnight cosplay orgies, and everyone's already in like fucking bikinis and stuff. Yeah, it just makes sense for this for this marketplace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Besides the fact of like, do you know how many like most of the pool is like taken up by just like cosplay pictures? Yeah, I'm sure. Like, it was interesting to watch though, but like I got real nervous seeing all these electronics in the water because they're trying to get like these good shots in the water. I'm like, please don't drop your camera. Please don't drop your camera. <laughs> I, I am sure curious. Sure. I am curious to see what they're going to do though, because they did just open up a new. Uh, Kalahari and the Poconos Mountains in PA. Mm-hmm. And oh, wow. they just started doing Colossal Con East at that Kalahari, which makes me wonder if, like, you know, Kalahari went to Colossal Con, like, you know, we're opening up another location. Do you guys just want to go ahead and get a con over there? So, in theory, that should alleviate some of the traffic because we have right. people like flying in from all over to go yeah. to Colossal Con. I think one year when I took my DS, I got two people from like Korea. <laughs> who <laughs> were there. Mm. Right. So if you, you know, you start opening up more Colossal Cons, people don't have to fly as far to go specifically to the one here. They can go to the one in PA or there's another Kalahari Wisconsin. in Wisconsin. And uh, I think it's, it's called like the West Dells or something like that. Dells, yeah. <laughs> um, and Chrissy's, Chrissy's and they're movie. opening up a new one down in Texas. So you could literally have Colossal Con like north, south, east, and west. Right. And right. just, you know, spread them out evenly like throughout the year, like every like three months basically. There you go. That should alleviate yeah. a lot of yeah. a lot of the flow. When I was watching specifically one con. When yeah. I was watching uh, the earlier episodes of Critical Role, catching up because uh, I started late. Um, there is an episode where Matt Mercer talks about going to Colossal Con, and basically the entire room is jealous of him because they're like, "Is that the one at the water park?" And he's like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Oh, I hate you." <laughs> <laughs> Admittedly, so last weird. year was our first year staying at the Kalahari, and as much as I'm not one to gripe, like obviously if I have a roof over my head, awesome. It was nice. <laughs> It was, it was really nice. nice. It, yeah, was it was nice. nice. That's good. Cause I've heard we, not great things. Well, okay. It was nice because one, we don't have to move our car. So that means we don't have to worry about yeah. getting our parking space taken. Yeah. Sure. We can go back to the room anytime without bugging somebody to take us back to the room. Our yes. friends can get wasted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just, and just, just make it back, back up to the room. Just make yeah. it back up to the room. That's all you need. That's all you need to do. I need a driver at 8 o'clock in the morning with drunk people in my car. <laughs> right. 
You know, there's no complaining. You know, driving driving down the road to the shitty red roof in or whatever the hell we're staying at what that year. Yeah. <laughs> this year might be a little bit easier for people at hotels since, like, Bike Week has officially moved. Yeah. So, Colossicon has always been the same exact weekend as Bike Week. Yes. Which made shit even more fucking crowded. Such a terrible planning oversight. Yeah. But Bike Week has officially moved the week to the week after Colossal Con. Good. Like, this point going <laughs> forward. Like, I'm wondering if, like, one con reached out to... Because, let's just be honest, Bike Week is a fucking convention yeah, for bikers. It is. Um, I wonder if, like, one con reached out to the other just like, hey... I think one of us should just move because really, like having that many people in Sandusky is just gonna price hike the hotels in the right. area up. So oh, yeah. someone moves, that's good for both of them. Right. And it, it's, I mean, I'm sure some organizer is there who's just seeing this as a problem that wasn't getting any better. Yeah. And you know, just like you know what I'm tired of hearing about people who can't like. Like, I'm tired of hearing about bikers who can't get hotel rooms because of nerds. I'm tired of hearing about nerds who can't get hotel rooms because of bikers. And, you know, and I've heard I've heard that the two communities have not, like, given each other any crap. No. No, like, right. I've heard it's, it's been very, pretty normal. It was, it's pretty rare, though. Like, it's it was kind of funny. One year, uh, our friend Danny came out and, like, what was it? One of the bikers went, anime! Yeah, anime. there's some guy, like, I was talking. He's like, anime! Anime! <laughs> <laughs> like, like, just, hey, just in, yeah. yeah, just in good fun. Right. Like, nothing yeah. weird. Um, it's interesting that they're just moving the date of Bike Week this year because we have a new city manager in Sandusky mm-hmm. who came from Tremont, who I'm sure you guys know how nice Tremont has gotten. Yeah. Ohio City since he was there. Um, and now he's doing, taking over Sandusky. So uh, yeah, I wonder if he's got something to do with I'm that. I'm sure that dude is a dude who knows how to turn an area around. Man, he is a little tourist area. I love it. I mean, especially when you look at like um, the the co-op, co-op they've done now with the uh, Huron waterfront, where they're about to put in the like billion dollar waterfront mm-hmm. up there. Like that's that's and a medical be huge. marijuana dispensary. Right. They're 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 trying to bring people here. Yeah, for sure. Okay. But yeah. All uh, right. <laughs> so I, I just figured, you know, conventioning is a part of that. <laughs> yeah. No. That was interesting to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, uh, do you guys have any, like, thing on, like, your sites? I know you guys are, we're talking about on your podcast a little bit. About as doing panels. About doing panels at cons? Yeah. Oh. Um, we haven't heard anything back yet. Um, we do have a friend who is, uh, I doubt this year's going to work, um, but he is, a, he is a friend who has an organizer, Colossicon, who has asked a friend of ours to do a, like, D&D like a panel or something or run a game run a game yeah run a game at colossal con and uh he hasn't wanted to do it because of an uh an ex-boyfriend that will be at the con as well and he's just like it's just a messy situation i don't want to run into but i just recently heard that they're getting along yeah they're getting along again um which is good uh but yeah we did we did reach out to them and said hey if you can throw us a word i mean um i i mentioned uh I just said, like, you know, we'd be happy to do a, a podcasting panel yeah. or to do a live show from the, from the con. Uh, if that's something they would be into having us do, um, they wouldn't really have to worry about much. We'd bring our own shit. So it's just something we, we, we've poked around. We haven't really heard back yet. Yeah. Um, maybe next year. Maybe next year. Yeah, we'll get in a little earlier. 
Right. And we have to kind of boost our popularity first, I think, for yeah. to even be. We need about. to get through the present situation <laughs> and yeah. get back on top. All right. No, I just like, I'm, I, I don't know, I'm just super excited and obviously, like, oh, yeah, of you guys are cool people in yeah. my book always. <laughs> I feel like we are very cool. We are, yeah. <laughs> I feel like just considering the, the people that you would have there at the con, I don't, I don't think you necessarily have, well, it would be nice to draw people in just on the, the selling point of, hey, uh, we're pre-recorded live. Come, come see us at our panel. I think you would draw on just a good amount of people. Just the fact that you're just doing a Dungeons and Dragons, yeah, yeah, like, related thing. Mm-hmm. That and that's what that I was kind fun. of talking about. Is that we should do a, a podcast, like a game that we could simul podcast. Yeah. It's so like even if you're not in the convention center, you can just pull it up on like YouTube or something and watch it live. Right. right. That'll be fun. So. And then we gotta get Matt Mercer to DM it, and then my life <laughs> yeah. will be complete, and I can pass on uh, in happiness. Oh, I'm sorry, I have to bring this up now. At LexCon, isn't Matt Mercer gonna be there? Yeah, Matt Mercer is going to be at LexCon uh, over in March when we head out that way. So. Okay, so kidnap him. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Shouldn't he has he has a contract to complete. Um, our friend. That sounds terrible. Our friend Nathan, who's uh, who was my quite good friend of mine, but also was our DM in mm-hmm. in the campaigns that we played with him. Uh, he he had he played some card game basically where like you draw a card out of a deck and you hold onto that card and it gives you like a task to do. It's so, like oh well, like this card needs to be autographed by a celebrity. You write the name of the celebrity right. down and then when Nathan essentially the idea is to get this card to somebody who you believe has a greater chance of fulfilling this contract than you do. Right. So Nathan knows I go to a lot of conventions and he wants this card autographed by Matt Mercer or this card needs to make it to Matt Mercer. Right. So he hands it to me and this was like probably five years ago and it's still in my wallet and we need the Matt Mercer is going to be at the con. I'm like, Nathan, Nathan, I can do it. He's like, dude, I fucking forgot about about that card. (laughs) I forgot this was a thing. He's like, well, it's happening. It's happening. (laughs) I have done well. So I'm pretty excited to do that. But the fact that Matt Mercer is also a cool guy and I just get to kidnap him anyway. Yeah, which is just what you should do. I don't know. Chuck yeah. Norris is going to be there too. Chuck Norris? Yeah, he's going to be there. Oh so, man. So I mean, we'll, we'll see. It, it will be a bit of an obstacle to kidnap Matt Mercer, you know, in the vicinity of Chuck Norris. But yeah, yeah cool. Chuck Norris can turn into a bear. Exactly. Like <laughs> he can basically do anything he wants. And he has another fist underneath his beard. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I've seen it. But yeah, I just. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry, that image is very funny in my head. That's pretty great. <laughs> it's one of the best Family Guy jokes ever, actually. <laughs> Chuck Norris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah. Do you get yourself a uh, webcomic for this week? I do have a webcomic of the week, and I am putting up a warning right now. It is a mature comic. It's going to be the first mature comic I have suggested since I started this. Oh, shit, you picked Ugloff. Yeah, Ogloff. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so... It's not the humor. Well, it's it, it's a humorous comment, but the content is gonna be eighteen and up. So, fair warning, you have been warned. Um, the comic is called Ogloff, and it updates on Sundays. And the illustrator is Trudy Cooper, and the writer is Doug Bain. Which, until I was suggesting this comic, I never realized that I never knew who actually did this comic until this. I, I will say, like. I never sat down and read this comic. I just, it was one of those things like I always saw like shared posts with their webcomic in it before I actually like went back, started reading it and just like this whole world that they built is like super strange and like 
weirdly magically sexual. Yeah. <laughs> and like really strangely kinky. Yeah. But it's hysterical. I mean, they, you can buy like a hard copy of the book like on Amazon, I found out. And besides the fact of like, I, I know this comic because of you because you linked me to Flat Bear. <laughs> <laughs> So in, in the comic, it's, it is a single, it's like a single page, and, and I guess in this universe, there are creatures called flat bears, which are literally just, they're basically bearskin rugs, but they're actual bears, and they just attack people by just like uh, flopping on top of them. That's amazing. They don't attack them by great. flopping on top of them. They get on top, and then like the mouth is like on the head as if they were wearing it as a garment, and they basically zombie mind the human to attack other people for them. Oh, interesting. That is super cool. Yeah. There's a lot of tits, though. There's a lot of kids. There's a lot of kids. You say that yeah. like it's a bad thing. Yeah, Becky, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if I give you the wrong impression when I said Becky was kind of surprised at how many boobs were a devil man. Hi, baby. <laughs> it, like I said before, it's not that Becky's a prude. It's just yeah. that she expected a little more warning from you just based on the way you presented yourself to be like, hey, fair warning, lots of boobs in this show. <laughs> I, I have no problem with boobs. I have some. I mean, I didn't think you did. So. I'm just saying, like, like, it was just the point that Jesse made as a sexual because it is. There's a lot of dicks, a lot of tits, and those are the jokes. That's that's really all right. it is. Those are the jokes. And if you can't handle that, don't blame me. I warned you. <laughs> yeah, um, the, the, no, this sounds humor, cool. The humor in the comic is very uh, low-hanging fruit. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure there's a page on that too. Yeah, probably. I mean, the show's got to be well over. Like the comic, one comic's got to have like well over. Well, like the archive you can go to different chapters. I know. I'm just saying it's got to be like well over like 500 pages. The comic started out legitimately of a story of a guy who was who took on took on. Yeah, he w- basically sold his soul to be an apprentice to this like basically sex dri- sex driven uh, sorceress who basically had him do shit like do this for me or get the wax off of this or rub hot oil on my flame imps and like he's not allowed to masturbate and when he does his cum comes alive as a droplet to go to her and tell her like he masturbated yeah, it's, it is a very interesting world that they've built yeah sounds like it indeed so it's not hard to find just Ogloff which is an interesting name in itself yeah it shouldn't be hard and I can't believe Winnie Cooper illustrated it Winnie Cooper. <laughs> Rudy Cooper. JK, you guys. Okay. Hello, JK. I was literally like wondering, like, did although I say Winnie, it wrong? Although Winnie Cooper is my wa- Winnie Cooper was my waifu. <laughs> Wasn't she an entire generation's waifu? I believe, I believe so. so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. That's, I found out. How did you find out about the comic? Just by those clips, or was it Clint? Just re- well, Clint's also read it, so it was like for you. But uh, okay. no, I just found random pages online, just like shared on different social media and then eventually looked into it and found it that way and then discovered flat bear and that was incredibly sold just on that so right. <laughs> so yeah if you're interested and you're 18 and up I'm not gonna, I'm gonna stress that one last time go go read Ogloff. and if you're not 18 and up why gonna, are you listening not... to the show exactly yeah, fuckity fuck fuck shit fuck people <laughs> Okay. Well, I think that's uh, that's about it. I think so. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you so much, Matt and Becky, for joining us. Uh, where can our lovely listeners find you guys? 
All uh, kinds of places. All kinds of places. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and several places at Prerec Live. All one word: P R E R E C L I V E. Uh, we're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher, Pod, Stitcher, Pod Beyond, all that stuff. Beyond Pod. Um, you can also go to our website at prereclive.wix.com backslash podcast and uh, catch all our episodes. We also have just started YouTube, but because of uh, my chemotherapy starting, we're not sure how frequent that's going to be right up front, but we will hope to get it back into that. And we're working out we kinks. Yeah, we're working out nice. kinks with the system. So, uh, the, and you can hear us talk about uh, mostly movies and TV and just kind of tangential weird nerd stuff that whatever pops into our head. Lots of potty jokes and like, <laughs> randomness. Yeah. Um, and we're also on Instagram at prerecbeck. Yes, which we don't really update that much, but we do sometimes. Hey, I use it. <laughs> I, I, I put stuff on there. Oh. Uh, we'll be sure to be uh, linking everything that you can find in the uh, description below. Oh, great. Definitely. Excellent. Um, if you wish to contact Nerd on the Cob, you can send us an email at nerdonthecob at gmail.com or tweet at us at nerdonthecob. We also have a Facebook page that is Nerd on the Cob, and you can now hear our podcast on on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and iTunes. So whatever podcasting platform you decide to use, please spread the word and leave a rating and a review. Every bit counts so we can get as many ears listening. Um, if you want to see Jacqueline, uh, you can find her at Twitter at 114Nishi, uh, Facebook at Nishi Studios, Tumblr at NishiStudios.tumblr.com, and Instagram at Nishi Studios. And if you wish to annoy Jesse, I mean, see Jesse, <laughs> you can get him at Twitter at DragonShuffle1, Twitch, DragonShuffle, or Instagram at DragonShuffle. Um, Jesse will be putting the links down in the description as he always does. And the next episode should be up on uh, two weeks from now. So February. <laughs> I'll be 12th? honest. 12th? 12th. I don't know. That's a guess. Uh, 11th. Well, this episode's going up February. Yeah, no. This episode's going to be going up on February, February 5th. 5th. Yep. So yeah, the next episode will be February 19th. I'm sorry, guys. I, I can't count. Oh, no problem. Um, so until next time, you awesome colonels. I'm going to make some popcorn. Mm. Nerd on the Cob is recorded in Brooklyn, Ohio. Podcast written and performed by Jesse Bowser and Jacqueline Burl. Nerd on the Cob theme is written by Jay Keck. Background music from Kevin McLeod. Have a question or want to record an intro? Links to the forums can be found in the description, as well as links to our various social media. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and the podcast platform of your choosing.